we're stabbing, we're slashing, and we're singing our way into our month-long Christmas special event. And to kick it off, we watched Anna and the Apocalypse. We watched it so you don't have to, so you know what time it is. Welcome to the Horrible Horror Podcast, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies, movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Mr. Marshall Hampton. Joining me today, as always, is my very special co-host. I don't know why I'm saying that. Uh, he's my best friend, my co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm the co-hostess with the mostest. I am a very special co-host. You are. You're so special. Or host, host, I should say, not hostess. But yes, uh, I'm good, man. I'm doing really good. Uh Merry Christmas, happy yes. holiday, happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the whole holiday season is upon us. Yep, it is December. Pandemic, but so be it, it's cool, I'm are, happy, I got yeah. my Santa Claus hat, I'm in a good mood. Yeah, we're, this is Aaron's favorite time of year, for especially on the show. Uh, we're kicking off our month-long Christmas horror movie special event, marathon if you want to call it. And we're kicking off in a spectacular fashion this year by doing a crazy movie. Uh, that we, we needed help with, and there's only one person that we turned to in, with, for a movie like this, and that is the first lady of horror, horrible horror, Miss Sarah Samples is finally back on the show via Zoom. Sarah, it's awesome to have you back on here. We're so excited to have you for this episode, and I am pumped for this. So, welcome. Merry Christmas! <laughs> I am so glad to be back here, and um, I actually just want to say that, Marshall, I was listening to... Um, a show a couple episodes ago and you were giving Aaron some serious shit about the amount of Christmas trees he has in his house. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have three, baby. Oh, three. Yeah. <laughs> I think more than one is overkill, but damn three. <laughs> Marshall, you're, you're pure Scrooge. I guess. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm sure. I'm so happy to be back, and I'm, even if this is like you know, Zoom is all we get. I'm so happy to see you. I don't know how to be. I've been cooped up in my house, so sorry, y'all. This might be crazy, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, guys, I'll say this right now: sit back and get get something to drink and some popcorn or something, because this is probably going to be a pretty long episode. We have a lot to talk about, um, yeah. and a, a lot of sound bites to play, and that's because not only is this a Christmas horror movie. It's a Christmas horror musical we're about to talk about, and that yes. is Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, this movie was released on November 30th of 2018, so just just two years old now. Uh, written by Alan McDonald, Ryan McHenry, and Barry Waldo. Uh, it was directed by John McPhail. Um, music by uh, was done by Rodney Hart and Tommy Riley. Uh, you can find this on Amazon, Hulu, and I believe Vudu as well. So um, pretty easy, good places to find it. Uh, the cast, I'm only going to probably mention two people. One uh, is our leading lady, uh, Ella Hunt, who plays our leading lady, Anna. Um, I'm only mentioning because, one, she does an incredible job in this movie. She's really pretty. She's a 
good looking girl, good singer. She's she nails this part, I think. But honestly, other than that, I couldn't tell you anything else she was in that anybody here would know recognize. Um, so because the entire kid, this is a kind of a Scottish movie, Scottish, uh, Brit, you know, uh, United Kingdom, great, you know, it, it's a British, Scottish movie. So all the actors are Scottish and British people who haven't really done much in the United States that anybody's going to recognize or know of. Um, the only person that you might somewhat recognize for diehard uh, fans of the show is Arthur. Uh, uh, the character Arthur Savage is played by Paul K., uh, who was in 10 episodes of Game of Thrones, uh, where he played Thoros of Mir. Uh, for Thoros ten- of Mir! Yeah. Uh, the Red Priest. Yeah, so uh, he's in this. Okay, okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so... <laughs> Thank you. You know, like when you see something and you're like, I yeah. know that guy. I know that guy. Oh, that's it. For the casual, for the casual fans of Game of Thrones, uh, he is the um, priest who can bring back, uh, can bring people back to life uh, from the Lord of the Light. And he just says the words and he can bring people back. to And he's a drunk. He's a fantastic drunk, too. Okay, see, I wasn't sure. I, I watched that show. I love that show, but I couldn't even remember who this character was. And even when you say, oh, he, the God of Light priest, I thought, you know, who brought people back, I thought it was the the, the redheaded chick because he's the one who brings Jon Snow back. Spoilers if you haven't seen it by now, but fucking. Um, like, so I don't even know. I don't even remember who he was in the, in the show either, to be honest. I don't remember. Well, he was, uh, the, he was in the Brotherhood Without Banners. And yep. it was that group that kidnapped Arya and the Hound. And then oh, okay. they cut this guy in half, and the red priest said some words and brought that guy back. Okay. Right. I, I, okay, I remember that now. I, I remember the, that, that scene where Arya and the Hound get kidnapped by those and people. He, and yeah. he got killed by the zombie bear north yes, of the wall. Yes, the zombie bear. That, that actually was going to bring that up later, but yes. Um, so, all right, so that's really... really that's You're really, going to bring that up later. Yeah, <laughs> was. Um. Uh, well, okay, I'll bring it up now because, well, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Um, I can't wait for this episode if we're going to talk about a zombie bear. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that much. But um, all right, that's really all we got. So uh, with no further ado, let's uh, oh, let's kick this off. So excited. All right. So the movie, we open with Aunt, our lead girl, Anna, and her best friend, John, in the backseat of their car being driven to school by Anna's dad. Um. And then this news report comes on the radio talking about a pandemic and lethal pathogen. So very fitting to do right now. Obviously, also very <laughs> fitting. Uh, there's a global pandemic going on in this movie. Uh, but before we learn any more about it, Anna just reaches up and turns it out because, oh, that's just a boring news report and they don't want to listen to it. So they all arrive at the school. Uh, we find out Anna's dad also works at the school in some capacity. I don't know if he's a janitor or what, but he he's there. He works there. Um, Anna and her dad argue a bit in the parking lot about what Anna's about Anna's plan planning on not attending university after she graduates this year. She wants to take a year off and go travel Australia. And this leads to an argument between her and her dad. Uh, and she ends up just storming off saying how, you know, she can't wait to get away from him and move on. So you're yeah, regular teenage she, angst she going on. Yeah. She mentioned, he mentioned, uh, if your mother could see you now. And of course that just stops all conversation. I hate you. And then stomps off. So you're guessing that either mom is either left or mom is dead. Yes. Um, so next we meet Anna's, uh, lesbian friend, Steph, uh, talking on her cell phone about how her parents are off spending Christmas in Mexico and just l- basically just dumped her here and took off for holidays without her. Um, <laughs> and then we also meeting, uh, also end up meeting the stern kind of overbearing, uh, soon to be new headmaster 
of the school, Mr. Savage, um, Arthur Savage, if you will. Um, anyway, Anna ends up at her locker. Inside the locker, we see the map of Australia that she has. And she, you know, you see the travel route she has all marked out on it. And she pulls out the airplane ticket, looks at it, and sighs. And now, just right away, we cue our, the music and we get our very first musical number, which uh, is, I'm pretty sure it's called like Breakaway. And it's sung by Anna, Steph, and John. And you know it's a musical episode, guys. So I'm playing you the I'm playing you the music. So sit back and get ready to listen to this uh, to the song. Uh, so here we go. This is Breakaway. Are you playing the home phone? Damn right I am. Instead of fighting, I've been hiding away I've been running, going nowhere Put my heart on the shelf It's well done. I gotta say, it, they do a really good job. Chris, your Shuriel's meant to tell us who you are. How would you uh, like this the part where to be? One of the characters, Chris, is talking to his know, teacher uh, about some project he's laid on. But um, more robots. You can't get look throughout the really scene. Through the, you know, the whole thing. You see, but you, you need something get, real to more say. Idea of who these people and by are, tomorrow, I mean, they're, they're already late. And uh, what they're you know dealing with. Oh, it's hard to hide when the truth inside rises up like a tidal wave. There's been something wrong now for far too long, and I know I must break away. Am I lying? Am I cheating? Am I fooling myself? Why should they listen to what I have to say? Am I just another nobody like everyone else? But um, so I mean, it, it's a good song. It, it's well done. <laughs> there's stuff going on. <laughs> you get an idea. So there's our first musical number. Uh, basically, about teenagers as high school getting breaking away from that life, getting yeah. changing, and just getting. It's very much your base. It's not a basic, but I mean, it's, it's a high school musical number, and this can fit into any other movie, but this one is different because it's a horror Christmas movie. And I'm thinking, was this song written for this movie, or was it just on yes. the shelf and they just threw it in there? Uh, from, what I, from what I understand, all the music is original written for this movie. Like, none of it, except for like maybe like the, the opening Christmas song, uh, that right. the opening credits and the end credits, but everything else, 
uh, I believe, and maybe the song the one girl sings during the, sh- the show, but everything else is original for this movie. Um, everything. So-, so I went on a deep dive. Of course I did, because that's my that's why you call on me for yes. these things. But um, yeah, so this was all very much an original score that was written like. Um, I, it, it was all written for this movie as a musical. So the whole time, I know that we're saying this is a horror movie, but this very much follows a very good formula of a musical. So you have your opening scene. There they are. She's angsty. You feel it. You feel her emotions about breaking away. And also, did you all notice that during this scene, we get the first little vision of some zombie action going on in the hallways outside the nurse's office. Did you see that? Uh, actually, I did not see that. I, I no. don't remember yeah. that at all. He's like angsty and like dancing down the hallway as you do when you sing about your life. <laughs> and uh, there are kids outside of the nurse's office who are all like hacking and a couple of them are like clawing on the walls and like starting huh. to kind of act a little zombie-ish. So Huh. At first, I was like, oh, my God, a song already? But then they sprinkle a little zombie in there for you. So Okay. I can't so believe I missed okay. that. I no. Okay. It's okay. I must have looked away during that scene. I was right. Yeah, I can't believe I missed it. That's actually pretty cool that they do that in the background. Um, oh, yeah. So after the song, Anna ends up in this, like, small little theater of the school where a group of students are practicing and working on, like, the school's Christmas show. Uh, and this is where we meet Anna's friend Liz, who comes running up. And basically, there's a line that says, and it says that the set looks like Narnia threw up on Oz, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and we here we get Mr. Savage again. He enters saying that four more students called off sick. And so the show has to be re- rearranged a bit, some of the numbers. So there's my, that's kind of my, well, that was my first time. Okay, there's the zombie yeah. hint that these people are calling mm-hmm. off sick. Um, and here we see, you know, Savage is a dick. You know, we get that right away because he, he's telling Anna that her, he, for some reason, he really doesn't like Anna. Um, cause I guess she's headstrong or a little defiant or something, but, uh, he, she basically tells him that her father will be a toilet cleaning janitor once he becomes headmaster next semester in Jan, you know? So like he's, yeah, he's just a real, real prick, real proper prick. Um, and then at this point Robert. he, he, he nearly gets clobbered by like this fa- giant star prop, like a like, falling star prop, but he does manage to move out of the way at the last moment. Um, that's kind of important. Um, and then, so late, and is in the hallway. She hears the sounds of zombies, but when she looks behind her, we see that just like this nerdy girl with an asthma puffing on her inhaler. Uh, again, it's another good shot. Um, it's pretty well done. And then she, the girl just gets plum, pummeled by a flying cupcake. And this is our proper introduction to Nick, Anna's cocky asshole ex boyfriend, Nick. And who with, we kind of. With, with like the weirdest hair. I can't get over this kid's hair. Yeah, he's got like short curly hair. It's almost like a weird yeah, Jew Jufro or something, but very, very no, tight. I, I don't know. It's, it kinda reminds me of do you remember Fred Savage's brother yes. Ben Savage when he was a kid? He had that yes. type of hair. Yeah. Yes. Or also he also kinda looks like um if you watch the fan of the Goldbergs TV, he kinda looks like the same hair so that Barry has in that show. Um that don't, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Um so um we you, you kinda briefly see Nick in um the musical number we just saw where he like, he's going, he, he walks by John who's singing, like draws a mark, like with a mark, kind of like he messes with John a little bit, but it's so brief and you don't really know it. You just like, Oh, that's just some, you know, school bully. Yeah. But now we get, he, we finally see who that guy is. 
Um, so basically now we're going to skip ahead to lunchtime. Lisa and Anne, they're eating while complaining about how much of a dick Savage is. And up comes John and Chris. Uh, and Chris is Lisa's boyfriend, um, shortly followed by Steph, who wants basically asked Chris to uh, come film something for her tonight that she wants to get on tape. Uh, this kind of upsets Lisa because tonight's supposed to be the, I guess, the Christmas show. And but Chris like, hey, you know what? I'll do this thing and I'll be I'll promise I'll be there in time for your show. Don't worry about it. Um, they well, talk. And Chris's Chris's character, too. We see him earlier do in like a film class and he's like showing this reel to his teacher. Yes. And it's all like serious gore. Like you're in the yeah. middle of that first song or you're getting ready to do that. You're in that song mode. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see this this like reel of like somebody getting something stabbed out through the top of their chest. <laughs> and it's like this student project that he has done. So I was like, kinda, all of a sudden, I again, it's like they're they're it's cheesy, but they're sprinkling these like little like serious gory things in kind of early if you catch them. So yes, yeah, and that that scene kind of reminded me of uh, the scene in Alien when the the. The, yeah. <laughs> the cinnamon burst out of his chest. It's kind of very similar to that. Um, so at this point, you know, they're talking some more. They meant they, they, there's one point where Lisa is talking about how much of a prick Nick is, and like, what kind of girl would ever hook up with that guy? And she's like, oh shit, sorry, Anna. Sorry if not you, not you. Of course, not you. But um, anyway, this leads us into our second song. So we go right into our second song, which is I think it's called um, Hollywood Ending. Um, so of course I'm going to play that for you. Hey, did you guys so, hear what happened inside? That's just them oh talking up to it. But again, I think it's a really good song. Uh, really catchy. Um, enjoy it. What was I thinking? This is Disney Disney. I'm way off script and losing the plot. Things don't work out that way. I'm not McConaughey turning the charm on calling the shots. If this was a movie, maybe she would be willing to share my world. I'm starting to realize sometimes the nice guys don't always get the Yeah, um, this is a full ensemble piece. There's even, you know, like the extra, all the extra, even uh, Savage makes it pretty let them all talk. I don't give a shit. Kill Mary Shag, it's all such a drag. I'm more than a lost piece waiting to fit. I'm not a princess, I ain't a white. Just hoping my chance will come. That bang in the back was like all the kids, like, dancing, like, hammering, like, just lunch trays. And like, just all the Different tone. I and is, 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 they're like rolling their eyes at the end. It's like, 
now they're too, it's there's too cute, there's too much ain't them in their teenage love for each other. I'll get my Hollywood ending. Ooh, no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Are they seniors? Ooh, no yeah, I assume they're all seniors. Yeah, and I'm talking about, you know, not, you know, after graduating, going to Australia and not going to Australia. No such thing as a Hollywood ending. Ooh, ooh, ooh. for two with the songs you know, so far like okay. i'm really liking them i think they're well done and i they're catchy i can you know i can relate to them i think they're great so uh i just want to say really though like this movie is compared in like i guess the critics compared it to like dawn of the dead meets la la land yeah that's all this over is, the posters right i'm sure you guys have never seen this but this is not La La Land. This is like high school musical. Yes. Like, that was, yes. Yeah. This is so high school musical. I can't even tell you. I really love the first line of that song. It's like, uh, you think, this isn't Disney. Da, 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 da. And I was like, but it's like high school musical. <laughs> so it is. Yeah. Like, it is. And also, I found it really funny during that scene, you made a mention that, like, Nick, the guy with the curly hair, whatever, like, asshole Nick, like he makes this brief appearance, but like he won't let his his like cronies, his yes. buddies, yeah. like dance. Yes, his buddies like get up to dance, and he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, he like sits there and He puts a stop to that shit real quick. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> so, funny too. So as much as I'm like, again, these songs they're really well written. I want to be like, oh, this is so cheesy because again, it's like an adult for me. It's like watching High School Musical, which is like, eh. There's so yeah. much auto tune happening right now. Ah. But it's actually really good. Like the lyrics are good. I know the lyrics are really good. This song is a theme. So th- the fact that they use this song is a theme throughout this movie. Yeah. It's a musical. It's a musical. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it, I could, it's, it's definitely catchy. Yeah. I, both these songs have been stuck in my head for like the last four days since I've been watching. It, it's they, uh-huh. they stuck with me. Uh, I will say this, guys, like I said, if you are not the musical type, if you don't care about me, just, you know, you can fast forward through the music when you play it. I'm not, not going to hurt my feelings, but um, we are probably going to play the songs mostly in their entirety because I think they are worth listening to. Uh, they're very well written, and I think they, they deserve to be played and, and heard. So um, anyway, so after that, we're going to skip ahead to the end of the day. School is letting out. We're in the parking lot. Anna runs out. To, Anna runs into Steph in the parking lot. Um, uh, and we see Steph's trying to break into her own car with like a, like a, a Slim Jim or something like that. She's trying to break into her own car. Okay, uh, somehow, somewhere she got locked out of it. The the asshole teacher took the headmaster. Yes. The headmaster. He took her keys. Yes. Because he, she wasn't allowed to park 
on school property. Which is weird because I don't like, know if our, that's a British thing. Yeah, that's, like then how I, do all the other kids get to school? Where do they park their cars? I thought that was a weird. Was, yeah. It was really weird. She was collecting presents for like a like the toy drive type thing. Yeah, like a toy drive, and so she parked her car, and he stole. He took her keys. Yes. And like confiscated them, and she was like, "Well, how do I leave?" And he's like, "Not my problem." Like so. Yeah, she's trying to break into her own car. Which makes me wonder, like, even, if she, even if she breaks into it, how is she going? Unless she get, is she going to hotwire her own car now? Like, how is she going to start it without the keys? Maybe. Here's a question. Here's a question. Know. Have you guys, did you guys ever break into your own car using like a coat hanger or anything like that? I, no, I've no. never actually done it. Absolutely. That is, yes, that was my move back in the 90s when you could get a coat hanger and get it long enough and loop it around either my old school like uh, locks that would pull up and down or enough just to hit the button to unlock the doors. Yeah, well, that, yep. that's why they don't have those type of locks anymore. <laughs> People can't do that shit because the yeah. cars in the A's and nice like for younger listeners definitely had like a push lock. I saw kind of on top of me that you could easily get some down there to loop around and pull it up. Now the locks are like on the side of the door. So people can't do that shit anymore. They altered the cars just because of that. That um, used to be my move, man. Yeah. I remember watching you do it before, but I've never had to do it myself. <laughs> so, um, in frustration, Steph says something that upsets Anna. I don't know if it's about her mom or something, but they, she gets upset, and, and Anna walks off, and then Steph walks off, and another way by herself. Um, and at this point, um, she's upset. Uh, she's lost in her thoughts, and she bumps into this random guy, and without looking at him, she's like, oh, sorry, and just keeps walking. And then we see that man she bumps into turns around as she walks away, and we see that it's, it's a zombie, full-on zombie now, and he, the zombie starts to shamble after her. Yeah, he's got head trauma. He looks fucking fucked up. A proper zombie. Yeah. Come on. I know you're going to bump into somebody once in a while. You don't look at him. But this guy's like a bloody fucking oozy man. (laughs) He looked good. It looked good. And it kind of brought me back after all that dancing. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it brings you back to that. Hey, there's more. We got zombies. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's about, again, I think this movie does a really good job of, they get in that music for him, but then they bring you back. Hey, they don't forget like at the court. Yeah. We're a zombie movie guys. Here's here we go. We're not, we haven't forgotten about that. Here it is. Um, so now we cut to the Thunderballs bowling alley where a- Anna works. Uh, turns out John works there too. He comes in a little late, but John and Anna both work there. And, and I like this line because Anna says something like Christmas is fast becoming my least favorite C word, which I thought was a good line. Pretty funny. And then John tries to cheer her up by showing off his light up Christmas tree sweater. Um, but she just says, dress like that. You look like a massive C word. So again, I think there's some good writing right there. That's a f- fun little back and forth. Um, we cut back to the school where the Christmas show is taking place. Um, in the booth is Savage, like wearing the lights or sound or something. Like he's in the booth along with Anna's dad, Tony. I always forget his name. Tony, that's his name. Um, Savage comments on how bad the kids are and, and how bad the show is and all this stuff. Like, just big well, party that's poopers. because it's those two kids. That's the two kids dressed as penguins. Yeah, the fat girl and the, and the guy, the skinny guy dressed in these oh giant penguin God. suits, just Do dancing you, all weird. They're please, singing. They're singing. Tell they're me dancing. you have that song. That's the. You know, I don't have the fish rap song. Oh, they're dancing to a rap that says. My favorite dish is halibut. I eat it for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Actually, if I, you know what, I, I might, uh, I don't know if I can, if I can splice it in right now or not. 
Um, don't worry about okay. it. Don't worry about it. But it, it is, it's funny. I, I, it, it's like, you know, you get this zombie scene. We're like, oh, fucking zombies. And then these two goofy-ass kids in fat penguin suits dancing around to a rap about fish. All right, you know what? Uh, actually, I think I, I can pull it. Um, I I won't be able to do it, play it while we listen live like the other songs. But I, I can I can splice in the song. Um, so let me I'll pull that up real quick so you guys can enjoy the fish rap. Hold on. My favorite dish is fish, mother flipper, and I eat it for the hell of it. A nice bit of halibut. That's not the only fish they got. Mackerel. Mackerel. I could take more than a snack full. Salmon with some jam, and I could drink it by the tap full. Always radical. I eat the fins, I eat the gills. Pollock, cop, flounder, gumpy. All fish is delicious to me. All right, so there it is. That, that hopefully I don't. I'm worried about the sound balance. Might that might come in really loud on you, guys, for, on you listeners. So I really apologize if it came in too loud. But there's the fish rap that uh, everybody's talking about. Uh, so yeah, it, it's pretty entertaining. It, it's pretty funny. I will say that. But um, so that that's what's happening. Um, so uh, Lisa is the next to perform, and she does this. She sings this sultry and very inappropriate song, uh, basically about banging <laughs> Santa. As topless dudes that look like Chippendale dancers and Santa pants and suspenders are dancing behind her. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's amusing because if you listen to the lyrics and you got these guys dancing behind her. But remember, the, the audience is like all the are, are the parents. <laughs> it's like nothing like yeah. parents and grandparents. And so I'm like, oh, my God. I try to shield like their kids' eyes. And then there's this uh, one older dude who's like, yeah. He's like, he's getting into it. <laughs> he's like he's like, clapping along. Yeah, he's <laughs> loving it. Um, now, again, I did not... Re- record that one i didn't bring that down um but it, it's 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 fine it's good it is what it is um disgusted oh, like, oh, go on, well, we gotta talk about really quick though i'm so sorry because she talks about like things like the her chimney needs a good unblocking oh yeah and i just need to call bullshit for a second because honestly no high school show choir has that many boys that sing in it that is not <laughs> That is not the reality of um, boys in choir. I just, I just need to say that. Well, Anybody first, I w- that- maybe I'm wrong, but um, I don't think the boys sang. I think they were just backup dancers. So she could have, could have had, you know, that That's could have been like the, 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 um, the soccer team. I won't say football team because they probably don't have. A, that could have been the football lacrosse. team, lacrosse team, lacrosse. Uh, field hockey. Yeah, not field hockey. That's girls, but yeah, it could have been one of the sports teams that just like want to, you know, be on there doing it because um, they don't sing. They're just there for eye candy. Uh, um, anyway, <laughs> disgusted by this performance, basically calling it like filth and porn and all that. Uh, Savage leaves the booth, heads down a hallway, and he walks past these double doors, which he hears someone like lightly banging on the other side from. He hears this banging. Um, he stops and he orders the person on the other side to stop doing that immediately. He's like, stop it right now. And the bangs pick up. They start getting louder, 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 and then they just stop. Savage flings open the doors, but there's no one there. Nothing there. We go back to the stage. Lisa finishes up her song, and now she, she gets sad, and she puts on this fake smile for the, for the audience because she knows that Chris's reserved seat is still empty, that Chris never made it to see her show. So she, she, she's all upset by that, but trying to, trying to uh, hide it, 
I almost but Chris's grand but Chris's grandma is sitting right next to that seat. That's the yeah. whole thing. Like <laughs> Gran is there and she's giving thumbs up. Grant, yeah, the grandma, about. Chris's grandma loved the yeah. show. She's smiling the whole time. I, I I guess she's like, it's either I don't know if she's pulling off like a dirty old lady thing or she's just pulling off the I'm old. I don't understand what's going on. I think it's just great because she's such a beautiful voice, but I don't really know what she's saying. She doesn't get the innuendo (laughs) type thing. You also see that too when he closed the doors. So it was like, you know, the scene kind of changes. So when he opens, when the headmaster opens the doors to the outside, there's banging on the outside. Of course, it's the audience. We know what it is. When he closes it, Again, though, did you see the blood? There's blood smears yes, all yes, over yes. the doors and over the walls. So it's kind of, again, it's it's like it's just feeding you this cheesiness, but then it's giving you a little bit of uh, good stuff, too. Like, yeah. yeah. No, again, it's, there's like things like that. I, I I guess I'll call them subtle, but it's yeah, really, really well done. It's, it's really good. Um, yeah. So we jump back to the bowling alley. Anna's ushering out the last of the customers. Uh, John hangs back with her and goes about his, their closing duties. Um, then we meet the cleaning lady, Miss Heinzman. Uh, some said, and Jim, John like accidentally knocks Mrs. Heinzman out by, with a bowling shoe. Cause he like, he throws it, try, he, he tries to throw it into like a bin or a trash can or something like that. And he, he's so horribly off. It whacks her in the back of the head, knocks her unconscious with a bowling shoe. <laughs> um, we cut, and then we just cut to Anna and John at like a local playground nearby, like a neighborhood playground. Um, John mentions that he is, he lost his job at this point. Like, I guess he actually knocked out. She was, Miss Eisman was the boss, not the cleaning lady, but it does turn out. He does say the cleaning lady later. So I guess the boss heard about and fired him. doesn't matter. He, he gets fired for hitting her in the head with a shoe. Um, and then, so they end up making like these snow angels in the snow. And she talks about how it is a touch more. She talks about how her dad and her used to have snow angel competitions and her mom, would judge them, but they stopped doing it after her mom died. So we started getting a little bit of background information, some touching moments and memories there. Um, and it kind of showing like how close her and her dad used to be, I guess, before mom died, because the last time we saw them, they were arguing and she's like, I can't wait to get away from you. And yeah. then we see like, oh, they used to be really close and do things like this. It's that slow and sentimental part that happens in both horror movies and musicals. And musicals, yep. <laughs> Strangely enough, very similar. Uh, but then she also calls him a shit wank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love. Uh, I sometimes I, I love like British and Scottish insults. Like some of their their, their terminology is like yeah, shit wank, and like, they have some great hey, shit, shit. They have some great terms over there. I love them. Um, so. Uh, they lay there in the snow for a little while longer, talking and, and just sharing thoughts and feelings or whatever. And we get to see more of the bond they have between them, like, you know, their best friends. Um, and then there's another cute moment because I, I, like, if you didn't hear it in the songs, if you didn't pick up it in the two songs you heard earlier when John's singing, you can clearly tell that he's in love with her. Uh, and she's just like, no, you're just my friend. Not, It's not reciprocated, but he's totally in love with her. And it's really noticeable here because um, Anna lays there in the snow looking up at the night sky. It's really pretty scene. But then John's laying next to her. But instead of looking up at the stars, he's on. He's looking. He's laying on his side, look, watching her look at the stars. So again, you can see that in his eyes that you know he's just really enamored and like totally in love with Anna. Um, and it just fades to black here. It just kind of fades out. Real peaceful scene. Real nice. And we cut to the next morning. Anna wakes up in her bed. She hops up, gets ready, and leaves for school. And as soon as she exits her house, we get the very next music number. This one's a lot of fun because of all the shit. Because one, the way that it shot the camera, the camera movement is like one big long shot, and um, 
like all this shit. Like, okay, I'm gonna play it, but what? Um, I'll say it. It just. I, I, I'll, just, I'll just play it. It's called. Uh, I think we it's called. Go ahead and mention it now because there's gonna be some. There's gonna be some like audio cues. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So basically, as she walks out of the house and starts, she's wearing earbuds. You see her wearing earbuds in her ears, so she's listening to music, uh, and so she can't hear what's going on around her, and she's lost in her own world of this daydream or just singing the song. But behind her. The zombie apocalypse is hit. Like it, it's just chaos. There's people it's, screaming, people getting murdered, fires, car accidents, people running all over the place. It's awesome. It's a great visual, and she's just singing. She's just in her own world, singing and dancing down the street with all this shit's going on behind her. Uh, you'll hear some of the screams and, and call and stuff in the background when I play it. Yeah, picture, picture, picture some happy-go-lucky bitch of a teenager dancing and singing around during the opening sequence of dawn of the dead when uh amy like when so like the, the the nurse chick has to get, escape her neighborhood yeah, the remake the remake of dawn of the dead yeah, yeah it, it's exactly exactly because it's in the suburb yeah. she's going through the streets so yeah here okay here it's called turning my life around here it is and it's so happy and catchy and like yeah song in my head new They meet up and they start, uh, they you know, dance, they start dancing their way to a cemetery too. And again, it's funny. It's just so fun. The way they're dancing, they're having a good time. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, this is the dance, the dance breakdown. That's the song. Again, it's I'm three for three in this movie with the music. I like these are all so catchy. They're so good. They're all well done. Um, and like I said, like that, that one's so good because of all the shit going on in the background. Like it's just this, the world is coming to an end. Like it's it's the apocalypse. It's hell out there. And these two are just in their own world, living it up, doing it. I mean, there's one point where like these she's going down her street, and there's like these two or three girls, like her schoolmates of hers, who are like screaming for help like help help they're trying to fight off these zombies and like with like shovels or per- their person like help help and Anna's just like completely doesn't even know there she's just dancing away loud and the girl's like one girl i think it's taken down they always have to just run off it's 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 good um well, the thing that the thing i love so much too about it especially i watched it twice of course as i do but as i watched the second time the lyrics really go along with they're so ironic to what's happening behind her so she talks yes. about like um, you know, when she, you know, he talks or nobody's going to bring me down and then somebody falls out of a window. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't come get me. And then like a zombie's crawling towards her. Like everything that she says, the opposite is happening behind her. Did you guys see, by the way, the guy eating the baby out of the baby carriage? Did I missed you- that. <laughs> no, I missed that one. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, Oh my God, chaos! Like a lady, she freaks out. She drops her, her pram, you know, her baby carriage, mm. and then like scene later, Anna's dancing past, and then it cuts to this guy like eating this baby and like tossing. <laughs> oh parts. God, like, I missed that. I was too. I, I missed that one. That's it's chaos. <laughs> it was good. I mean, it was man, like it wouldn't be like, oh, this is cheesy, you know, cheesy musical, but it's like they they did it so well to what was happening behind them. It's like, it's so parallel. Yeah. Good job. So right as that song ends, uh, the zombie, this man, like a giant poofy, like snowman costume comes into frame. Um, He kind of falls into frame actually. So Anna and John go over to help him up and they're like, Hey, and it's like, I know CPR. I'm, you know, I'm a first aider or something like that. What do they call it? I'm a first aider. So she says, a and, first aider. Yeah, and she, they like, uh, uh, the snowman, like, he's laying face down. He lifts his head up, and his, it's just his bloody, it's his bloody, gnarled face. He's like, ah, snarling ground. And Full zombie. Yeah, and a smacks him upside with her book bag. And, and I got <laughs> Chuck out the way she does. She's just like, wham, just real quick, not. And uh, the, the snowman guy gets to his feet, growling, snarling at the two of them. Um, Anna and John, they run to that playground we saw them on previous night, which is weird because all the snow is melted now for some reason. All the snow's gone, which was there last night. That's the weird, one weird thing I didn't notice about this movie. Um, Maybe Scotland is weird like that. Maybe it you know, just melts <laughs> instantly <laughs> overnight. Um, Maybe it's the moors. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, uh, I'm sorry, the snowman zombie is lumbering after them. 
Uh, Anna throws her book back at him. This time, knocking him to the ground, but he gets right back up. And at this point, it's like, what the hell is going on? What is this thing? So Anna then has this brilliant idea. She basically kind of uses John as bait. She's like, John, stand here. And they lure the zombie over towards the seesaw. And when the zombie gets close enough, Anna, Anna slams the end of her seesaw down, causing you know the other end to fly up. And it hits the zombie square under the jaw, right under the chin with such force that it completely launches the zombie's head straight off its body. A geyser of blood erupts from his neck stump. And the reaction of Anna and John is fucking hilarious to me. And I, I laughed at it because it, it's so well done. John's getting sprayed with blood. Like going, <laughs> and Anna just back to like, Mallory gave like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it just, it's wonderfully done. It looks great. Um, and is then, that a kill? Yeah. I, I mean, that's that 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 first kill, real yeah. zombie, yeah, zombie this killing. Is, this is one of those hard things, guys, just to say. Because you're going to ask me later what my favorite kill is. And yeah. This is hard because zombies... I know zombie movies are hard for when it comes to that. It, it, it is. Right? Okay. I'm going to have think... to say, you know, like, because they, they do a good job of having unique kills with zombies. We got to throw the zombie kills in there. Yeah. Right. I, I think with a zombie movie, you kind of have to. Um, okay. So we cut to Anna sitting on a swing, checking her cell phone, and seeing that there's no signal while John's freaking out and pacing back and forth behind her. Um, they discuss if zombies are real or not. And then they look over <laughs> and they see the severed head of the snowman zombie. It's just, it's a decapitated head, but it's still snarling at them and trying to bite them, even though it's like lay on the ground, can't move. They just kind of look over at it and like, what the fuck's happening? Um, again, really subtle stuff, but really well done. Anna thinks the idea of zombies are stupid, but then they realize that neither of them have seen their parents this morning. They're like, Oh fuck. And a large explosion goes off somewhere in town. And they realize that they, you know, like shit, we can't go all the way back home. We're too far. We, where do we go? Um, and then John mentions that, you know, he still has his work keys. So they decide to go to the bowling alley to seek shelter right now. Um, and then th this is also where I realize for some reason, John is wearing the exact same clothes he wore the day before, <laughs> which is weird. I don't know why he'd be wearing the same clothes, but, um, he, yeah. he really loves that. He really loves that Christmas sweater. Yeah, no, I get light up Christmas sweater, man. He's gonna wear that every day from now until Christmas. I will, I will say deal. everybody wears the same out same clothes because it's a private school, so they all, they all wear uniforms. So they're all wearing the same basic uh, clothing. But John's the only one that wears like you know like has that sweater on over it or something that has is something different, which is why it stands out so much that he's wearing the same thing as he did yesterday. Um, so, uh, optimistic, John says, maybe it won't be so bad. You know, it's bad here, but maybe over across town won't be so bad. So, and we just cut to two of them standing in front of like, what looks like a, like this town hall, <laughs> like this big stone building with columns and everything. And it's just this giant Christmas tree is like just completely on fire. It's a blazing, <laughs> bo giant blazing tree in front of them. There's like screaming in the background, smoke in the skies. And it's again, just a funny shot. It's the way they do it. Um, still John's eating a banana. Yeah, John's yeah. eating a banana. He's like, what? And she's like a banana. I would be the person totally eating a banana in the middle of an apocalypse. I'd be like, I need my potassium. Yeah, is that what he says? Like, I need my pot it's potassium. <laughs> um, still optimistic. John says, "Hey, it's okay. Everything's okay. Um, our parents will know what to do." And then we cut to the school <laughs> where all the adults or teachers are in a panic frenzy, scrambling for all. 
scrambling for and grabbing all the supplies they can, which again is a good sell because like, hey, our, the adults will know what to do. They don't have their shit together. And they cut to the, the exact, the, the adults who don't have their shit together, who are freaking out. Um, in comes Savage blowing a whistle, which stops the chaos. And he's like, hey, we're all going to have to stay here tonight uh, at the school along with the students. We see some students in the background. They're like, fuck you, Savage. You know, but so basically that's their kind of the plan. They're going to have to hunker down in this school for a while. Back at the bowling alley, Anna and John run into Steph and Chris, who have been hiding inside. They, somehow they got in. Uh, basically, said, "Oh, the back door was open." Was open, which and then, the, uh, and then John's like, "Anna looks at John like you. That was supposed, you know, like what the hell? You left the back door." I was like, "What? That was a cleaning lady's job." He's like, "Oh, well, she might have been concussed, which is a drawback, a, a callback to her getting knocked yeah. unconscious with the bowling shoe." Um, so they watch this news report on Stephanie's lap, Steph's laptop about the, the unfolding global crisis. Uh, and then I think they mentioned one point that the school is supposed to be an evac point, an evacuation point. Uh, right. And then there's the, the, the funniest bit about this whole thing. This whole scene is when the news reporter, they start cutting one. They start finding out which celebrities have turned into zombies. Cause somebody's like, Justin Bieber's a zombie now. And then, <laughs> That leads them to all the staff and everybody start pulling their stuff and they start going to social media. And cause Chris is like, like you gotta look up the hashtag, um, uh, uh, hashtag evac life. That's the evac life is the hashtag they look up. And it's yep. just hundreds of people posting selfies with zombies behind them or like posing with zombies. It's pretty fucking funny because, and, and after seeing that Steph says, well, we all deserve to go extinct. And, I think that because it's a hundred percent. I think what would actually would happen today, like a hundred percent, that she would happen. And yes, Absolutely. those people, those people deserve to go extinct. Like, they're just they're posing with zombies, like trying to like reaching out, trying to bite into them. There's like posing like thumbs up and like smiles, like hey, you know. It it's a great commentary on on those state like modern society and the social media obsession. Like, it was I, I laughed at that a lot actually. Yeah, it's it's done really well. It's not it's it's. Because it's, you're right, man. It probably would happen. People would be like, oh, dude, let's see what, celeb- what famous people have gotten killed and turned into zombies. And then, of course, taking selfies of zombies has got to be like the new, the big craze. Of course that shit would happen. Yeah, 100%. Of course it would. And how ridiculous and perfect it was in this scene. I'm like, God damn it. Because they're teenagers. You know, they're, they're social media obsessed, celebrity obsessed. I mean, they're just teenagers of today are. God damn it. It just nailed it. Yeah, it's it was so well done, so good. Did uh, you also notice that like there are a lot of puns in this in this movie, and they use this point to like talk about how Anna's in denial. Yes, <laughs> she's she's in Egypt. Zombies, but she's in she's in Egypt right now. She's so far up denial or something, <laughs> and I was like, okay, guys, like this is like Great Britain. <laughs> it's uh, it's puns it's a musical and it's zombies. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I, what am I like, quit checking them off guys. So it, the writing is really good. It the is. writing here is pretty good. They nail it. Uh, so night falls, Chris and John are chilling in like this inflatable ball pit talking more, getting talk about what celebrities they think have become zombies. Uh, they talk about how Robert Downey Jr. is probably fine. He's hanging out in a hot tub with supermodels surrounded by electric fences and just partying yeah. up. Uh, and then the part that made me chuckle is Chris brings up Taylor Swift. And John actually gets upset by the notion that Chris would even think that Taylor Swift would be a zombie. Saying, Jesus, Chris, why would you even say that? Tay-Tay's fine. 
And yes, yeah. and I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but the, it just made me chuckle because I know that people have, are so obsessed with her and like she's like, like Beyonce or something like that. And, like, and that somebody was like, God damn you, Tay Tay's fine. How dare you? It just made me laugh. And the fact he calls her Tay Tay is, I guess I'll got to chuckle out of that. So meanwhile, Anna and Steph are in the girls' bathroom talking and they hear this low growling sound coming from one of the stalls. They open up the door and they find Miss Heisman. Heinzman, the, the cleaning lady, sitting on the toilet. She's now a zombie. She attacks the two girls. They struggle with her. Steph pulls her off, Heinzman, off of Anna and throws her back into the stall. She falls her head, like she falls to her knees. And then Steph kills zombie Heinzman, Heinzman by smashing her head repeatedly with the toilet seat. Um, and there's this blood everywhere. Pretty good. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. You don't yeah. get to see it, but like. Because it, it's shot from like the down up. So you see like the, the head yeah. hanging the head, like the, the body and head hanging into it, and just the seat going up and down. You just see the seat going up and down, and, and blood, the reaction yeah. of the girls, like the blood coming up on the girls, and that it's that's pretty good. I really like yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, so Steph, uh, where was I? Toilet uh, uh, seat to the head. Yeah, toilet seat to the head. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so before they can even think about what happened, or recuperate. A group of zombies come smashing through a wall behind like a fucking Kool Aid man. There's like it's bam. A it's the bowling team. Oh, that, yeah, the bowling team we saw um, the previous night get uh, um, yeah. e- e- escorted out. But, yes, it is the bowling team. So Anna and Steph flee the bathroom to warn the guys who were just out there bowling, just sort of like having fun. It's like, oh, just bowl while we wait, which, sure, why not? Sure. Um, so now we get, like, another kind of – our first kind of action scene, really, of the four of them fighting off the zombies in the bowling alley. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I love that there's a few good shots. There's one where the zombie's head gets decapitated by this uh, – a uh, pin machine, like, you know, where the pin, it comes down and scoops yeah. up the pins and resets them. So that cuts off a zombie's head. And then you see that head get like shot up through the ball return, uh, the, which is, <laughs> it's fun. It's a good, it's, okay, that's good. And then there's another good shot of John who smashes, a, like makes a zombie's head explode by smashing it in between two bowling balls. Uh, yes. Again, looks, looks again, that's great shot. One. Yeah, that's a good one. And then he that's throws really up afterwards, one. which again was funny. He, he does this great move and just, like, it throws up after the head but explodes. I, I love, too, though, like, in these kills, they're gory. Like, so John takes the two bowling balls. He smashes the ball. It's a bald guy, too. So yeah. his head breaks open like a melon. And, like, when he when it does that, like, that's a cool effect. But afterwards, when they show John's face before he throws up, he's got, like, brains on his face. Yes. And I thought that, like, that was kind of like a cool it wasn't just like your normal blood spray. It was like chunky, you know, <laughs> chunk. Ch- yeah, chunky. It was chunky. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I really appreciated that their attention to detail. Yeah. My, well, but my, my problem though, with the attention to detail, uh, and I mean, they can only do so much and I, with right. practical effects, but like, but because of the fact the guy was bald, which I get, it makes it look like when the head explodes, you can see more because he's bald, the hair's not the way. But the counterpoint is that when you do see the head explode and that, 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 that quick, like, half a second or shot of John holding the, the ball is still up against the ball guy's head. And it's the, you see the back of the head to me. It's so obvious. That it's a, it looks like one of those like um, human, like punching bags, you know, that looks like a human, like a torso and like, mm-hmm. the head that, and the flesh colored guy. Like it looks like that to me. It, it's so obvious. It's like this, like, like the dummy, the fake. It, it, it's, that's the one, one gripe I have about this movie. Everything else looked pretty good, but that was the one that looked the f- most fake and obviously fake of all the shots in this movie. Uh, but it's just for a millisecond and it's over. So 
it's not that big of a deal and it doesn't, you know, it's so who cares? Um, so we go back to school. Lisa asks Savage if there's anything that can give, they, they can give Chris's grandmother B who's not doing well. We find she kind of has a bad heart. She's not, she's not in the best of condition and she, she's like laying down on a cot or a mattress or something all, like looking sick. Um, Savage tells her, look around. What do you see? I see civilization on the edge. And what does civilization do when it finds itself on the edge? Liz answers him saying, we help each other. Savage chuckles at that and then says, we prioritize. Which is harsh, but I get it. I kind of have to agree with him. I kind I know it's a dick move, but he's kind of right in this situation. Like, But anyway, that's what he says. At this point, the power goes out at the school and at the Boyne Island. So I guess the citywide power goes out. Um, Anna looks at her phone and sees that there's no longer any cell phone service anywhere. So now the cell phone, the cell towers are down to, um, an explo- well, and Go up on. until now too, they've been, after they watched that news thing about the school being, you know, like an evac point, Yeah, they were like, the army is coming to get us. The military yes. is coming to get us. So like yes. they, they were, they felt a lot more positive at this point. Like up until now, up until now, oh yeah, this sucks. But hey, we we have an out. The military is going to get us. Yeah, um, it's a good thing you bring up the military that they think that they're going to come get them because uh, they, they they start hearing this explosion and they go to the window and look outside and they just see bombs falling from the sky throughout the city. The city is being bombed, um, and this leads us to our next musical number. Uh, it's called Human Voice. And now the, the first three, this one takes a very distinct turn. Like the first three are all very upbeat, very fun, very poppy. Now this one is where shit starts getting real. It gets way more, uh, more, uh, serious. And, uh, I don't want to say depressing, but definitely more, uh, definitely a different tone to what the others were. And again, it goes hand in hand with the movie. It's not another catchy, upbeat song. Just to try to cram in with this, this, gloomy situation the music fits it and uh it's, again it's well done um it's basically sung by uh anna steph john and chris i believe the, the people in the boy alley so it's and so here we go staring at a screen in a neon head Lost in this machine And I can't engage We've become technology Made of code and binary What the hell is left of me? Tell me that it's not too late How much longer must I wait? I want to communicate I need a human They're not even walking around. They're just kind of standing stationary and singing and 
played. Yeah, it's very, it's a very dark, very different tone. Between, it's flashing How between the school the and the bowling alley. Yeah. 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 All these isolated rooms out here. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So don't make me feel things. Um, well, okay, so this is this is what musicals do. Yeah. And this this like like right here, you're like caring about the characters all of a sudden. They're not just like zombie fodder. Yeah. You're like all of a sudden like, man, please make it and don't die. Like that's a musical. That's a good musical. And that's death. one reason another reason why I'm playing these songs are tight because in musicals and a lot of, so much story and character is is shown and given us through this music itself so by hearing it you, you it really kept you kind of you know attach yourself to these people and to the story more than if you know like, especially for you guys listening if you you know than for what we can really say or if you you know if we don't play it um but during one thing i do want to point out that uh is really touching and again it make, starts making you really think shit's bad um there's a shot of anna's dad tony lying on a mattress in his school and he's just staring at Anna's picture on his phone, um, which as a father, like all of us are parents here, but it, that, that hit me pretty hard in the heart. Like I was like that. I mean, that's, that's like heartbreaking to me. Like he's just, as a goddamn um, shit's getting real. And you know, people are really starting to, you know, lose that optimism and think, you know, things are not going to be okay. Um, so the song, I, I found this, I found this song very ironic though, because it is talking about technology and about like they need a human voice, but like this song was so very full of auto tune. <laughs> I thought it was hard. I was like, "Yes, you need a human voice. You mean like your computerized singing voice?" They don't even see their own irony. I hate to say, guys, I'm really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I hate auto tune. I'm like the only person out in the world that thinks it was a terrible invention and I hate it. I no, hate it. I, I agree with you. I actually hate autotune as well. I do. Um, I will say though, I may, I'm not as musically inclined or um, as, as you are. I did not pick up on the autotune in this movie as really? much as I have in other movies. Like, okay, for an example, listeners probably aren't going to care about this one at all, but I, you know, I have a young daughter. So I watched, uh, we watched uh, D- Disney's musical. Like there's a movie called Disney's zombies. She loves that oh. movie. Great. It's not autotune. People are singing. It's great. And then we watch, try to find something else. Like, hey, let's watch the Descendants series. And holy shit. 
was that nothing but auto-tune garbage to me? Like that was just all I'm like, this is why auto-tune sucks. Like I don't like auto-tune. That's the only reason I never liked Rihanna. Cause she seemed like the most auto-tune singer I've ever heard in pop music. Um, but yeah. I didn't pick up on auto-tune too much in this movie. Again, maybe I'm just not as okay. obvious to it as I guess you are, but I didn't pick up it's on all, it. It's all good. Again, it's high school musical meets zombies. It's fine. <laughs> but I just wanted to say, I thought that was ironic because um, so do you, do you guys want to hear my opinion on auto tune? You probably love it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, would you love it? <laughs> it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Aaron, why don't you just go have like a hot cocoa and some marshmallows? And we'll, sir, and I will finish this out. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. I got. I got to say, auto tune is fine. I mean, if, if, if it's used properly, it can be fun. Yeah, don't overdo right, it. Right. Right. Yeah. You're right. Um, so but I do find the irony there when they're saying human voice and they're fucking auto-tuning it. Uh, um, yeah. So we fade out to the next morning after the song. The boy and Alley crew all wakes up in the ball pit. They look out the window and see that all the army guys, all the soldiers, have all turned into zombies now. It's just all the aren't, you know, so the, their rescue crew is all dead and zombified. That's a bad sign, motherfucker. Yeah. Steph says everyone's dead. Anna mentions like, hey, there still must be people at the school. Uh, and Steph's like, yeah, but there's no more evacuation anymore. Um, so Anna says, hey, we can just get to your, telling stuff. we can just get to your car and we can just leave town. Uh, and John asks how they're supposed to get past all the zombies outside. And uh, Chris or somebody says, I have the best idea ever. And we cut to them walking outside underneath the inflatable ball pit. Like solid snake underneath a box in Metal Gear Solid. And Steph is like, this is the stupidest idea ever. Um, but to help them get their mind off the situation and the zombies, Chris suggests that they play a game so uh, to keep their minds off things. So he asks Steph, Shag, Mary Kill, Zombie Miley, Zombie Rihanna, and Zombie Beyonce. To which she says, kill them all, they're zombies, which made me chuckle. And that's a good answer. But Chris wants her to play for real, and this leads to a pretty fun dialogue exchange about all the, these celebrities and all this. But it gets interrupted when zombies start to bump into the sides of the inflatable pool. Um, so they stop, and they kind of squat down. And then there's another funny moment here when this old lady zombie sits on top of the pool, like sits on Steph's head, and then <laughs> pees. <laughs> and I think this is the first time in zombie movie history that it shows zombies still having like regular body functions, like having to piss. So I guess it also means these zombies just go around shitting themselves too, like just walk around their shit. Um, and I kind of love the fact that they address this in this movie because I've never seen another zombie movie talking about zombies pissing before. So I got a chuckle again, a good laugh out of that. That's um, a good point. And did you see that Chris yes! like sticks his hand yes! out from underneath? Say, yes! He sticks his hand out from underneath the like tub and like takes a pic. He's, he takes like, a selfie. He like takes a, he snaps a picture selfie. of like the, the late the old lady zombie <laughs> pissing on Steph's head. It's fucking hilarious. It's so good. So uh, eventually their cover gets blown. The zombies start um, shaking them, and the pool. But and you start hearing a bunch of uh, 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 commotion going on out you know, outside of the pool and the pool, the inflatable gets tossed off them. And there they see Nick who has taken out all the surrounding zombies by himself. Basically up come his posse. And we learn that Nick and his posse have been out looting and killing zombies for fun. And I will say again, very, very, um, very poignant for the, the, the current circumstances in the, uh, lately. 
uh, they were smart about their looting because instead of uh, going for like Xboxes and TVs, they roll up with three carts. One of those carts is completely filled with toilet paper, which is genius. When I saw that, I'm like, God damn, they were foreshadowing the fucking yes! pandemic. I know. That's exactly what I saw. Like, this is so perfect for this time of year. Like, we, we found this movie. Um, you so, got to wipe your ass, man. Got People got to wipe their asses. I don't know. Um, Are you guys having a trouble finding toilet paper again? Again, it's happening. Again, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, still, it's still not the easiest. And it's certainly not cheap anymore. Um, so we, now we get another song. This one's sung by Nick and his posse, his boys called soldier <laughs> at war. And basically while they're singing this song, like this, the girls field hockey teams come up and they just, they're all zombies now. And it's just, the, these guys are singing a song while just taking out like a whole like horde of zombies singing. And, 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 um, now they don't really dance this, but uh, they are singing this song. And, uh, so here we go. Um, it's a really fun scene because Nick and Bert are just taking a whole group of zombies and we see the others the in the background and it's just rolling her eyes and all this yeah. and John's giving the finger <laughs> while Chris and Steph stand there and Chris is filming all this on his phone watching all this go down there's some really good like, things going on in the background in the foreground it's all rolls really well done this is my moment, and I'll fight with this nation. Rule one, stay focused, keep your concentration. Rule two, have fun and use your imagination. No time for weakness when the undead awaits. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. I can't get that high. 
once it's all over, like the the our, our original group and then Nick and his posse, they all join up to make a bigger group and they head off for the school. Um, and that's where we cut back to it now. And the teachers, the adults, I don't, cause I don't know how many of these are just parents or if they're all just teachers. I don't know. It, but so the adults are all gathering up and they're packing up supplies, getting ready to leave. They're going to leave the school. We Sam, do get a quick shot. We get a quick shot of the penguins. The yes. Penguins oh, yeah. are outside the penguins like are eating. Pe- yeah. The penguins are now zombies. Yeah, they're yeah, eating. Neither the outside. living dead eating a body part somewhere yes. outside in the parking lot. Yes. Sorry. Um, but Savage is trying to rationalize with all the other saying, hey, it's better to stay here. Uh, we, he ha- I have a 12-point plan, and the emergency plans are put into place for a reason. You need to stay. Then this blonde woman, who we you see her like once before, but you don't really know who she is. Uh, I think she's supposed to be John's mom. John's mom, I you think? She, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Because John John talks about his mom and that his mom should be at the school. Okay. And then like, and so after he, he and Anna talk about that, they cut back to the school and see this woman and Tony. Yeah. See, I didn't, I don't, I guess I missed the fact. I know he says I, my mom's out there somewhere or my mom's still out there, but I don't remember him saying she's at the school. So oh, I, 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 th- I assume that was her. It could be, it could be. I just I may miss it. I don't know. But there's this blonde woman. She smacks like Savage's like folder, binder, clipboard thing out of his hands and says like, hey, if you love this school so much, just stay here, but we're leaving. And then Savage starts repeating that. He's like, he starts snapping at this point. He's starting to lose it. He's yeah. like, he's like yeah, I'm he's, the headmaster, but I'm the headmaster. I'm the headmaster. He just says that over and over again. And he goes like into a corner and he's just saying that. And Anna's- I gotta say, I gotta say the actor, even, even before the zombie apocalypse happened, did a good job portraying that he's hanging on by a thread. He's such a type A control freak personality yes. that he, even even he knows he's going to be headmaster, but he's still so wound up. He's about to snap. Then when yeah. the apocalypse happens, that's when it all falls apart. Yes, uh, that's a that's a good point. Good observation right there. Um, Anna's dad tries. He's like, hey, you know, like, come on, like just come with us. It's going to be okay. But it, now Savage, because it's Tony, I guess because it's Tony, he can't stand for some reason, which I never understand why I don't think, but Savage snaps and he yells at Anna's dad, Tony saying, um, saying, uh, he's yelling in his face saying, don't you patronize me, you fucking janitor. And he turns on everyone else saying that, that he's like, all I've done for you, this is how you treat me. And okay, this is where he goes and sits in the corner as the sounds of zombies are heard like banging on the doors outside. And you, and you kind of get this, he kind of looks up and he kind of, he gets this look on his face. Like he's thinking that like he's got a plot going. He's, he's, he's thinking of something. And, um, and he says, and then he looks at me and says like, this is my school. And like, oh fuck. Uh oh shit. Something's Savage has lost it. And we jump back to our main group. Uh, they're making their way through town. Chris is still filming everything. And John and Anna, they're talking. And this is when Anna, at least, in the movie, we realize that John is like completely in love with her, but she doesn't feel the same way. And she makes sure that John knows that he is her best friend. Like she hammers on that. You're my best friend, John. And like, she puts him right in the friend zone. She like (laughs) drops him down. She's like, sorry, you're my best friend. As we mosey along out in the open in the daytime with chopping cart, We'll just mosey along and talk about our friendship and what we're going to do after school. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're talking about their after school plans and like, I guess they're trying to get their mind off things. They're just trying to think 
normal thoughts, right? which I guess is right. fine. I'm, trying to do I'm that. I'm going to put you right in the friend zone. Yep. Bam. <laughs> it's not bad enough that the world's going to end, but you know what? You're friend zone now on top of it. So, you can't um, even, like, make out with the guy, like, for a little bit. Like, that's. Yeah. Um, so, they t- again, like they said, they talk about their plans after high school. During the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this group decides to cut through the shop, like this Christmas emporium shop. Uh, bef- uh, but before going in, Anna arms herself with this, this giant candy cane decoration. That for some reason, has like a giant spike on the bottom of it. I guess it's so like you can stick it in the ground, but it's just this giant spike on this like three foot long, like maybe a bigger candy cane. It's pretty candy big. Um, uh, they, so they go inside and they end up in this large dark room filled with pine trees, like Christmas trees for sale. And, it's a great creepy shot. I mean, it's fucking creepy. I'm like, oh, fuck me if you're walking in there. And it's, I'm like, you, it's bad. Um, so they're slowly creeping their way through all the trees. And they hear this noise come from somewhere. They track it down. But it turns out it's just a Mrs. Claus decoration. They all take a deep breath and relax. And, of course, that's when a zombie comes flying out from the trees and tackles one of Nick's posse boys, one of the guys. Everyone takes off running through the dark tree-filled room. And again, like the scene looks great. It's the settings creepy and dark and, and kind of scary. Um, the group kind there's of gets a, there's great camera work in yes, this scene. Great yeah. camera work. Really good camera work from like group to group and yeah, it's because, very fast moving and well and well lit. Yes. Well Well Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's well lit, like it's pro like like, like uh, it's supposed to be. Yeah, so it's not like well lit, like it's bright light. It's like it's they did a good job of the lighting design, we'll say that right. way. Proper yeah. Right. Um so they, they, the group is scattered, so everybody's kind of like they get lost, separating all the trees as they're running to sca- running for their lives. Um, we see two more of Nick's posse has been turned into, like they, they, but they do find their way back to each other. And Nick turns around and sees that two more of his, his the last two of his guys have also been turned into zombies. So all of his posse are dead now. Um, they all they get they get to the door, they get out, lock the zombies behind them. Uh, somehow we see that John has hurt his ankle running in the chaos. Uh, Steph gets upset by something that Chris says about her parents or, or uh, something. I don't really follow, but she grabs this mannequin leg. I was like, fuck it. And she just storms out of the room. Uh, the remaining four exit the room after her. They, and they end up like, what kind of looks like a mall or some kind of like little shopping center. I don't think it's yeah. like a full on mall mall, but some kind of shopping center, hallway lined with shops. And she gets, she gets mad. Sorry to go back. She gets mad because he drops his phone and he almost gets taken by zombies because he drops his phone and he goes back for it. Yeah. And she's like, well, that was so stupid. And he, I thought he was, I thought at that point that he had gotten bitten. It was the old hot hide a bite. Yeah. Right. I see. I didn't think she got, she does say that's stupid, but she says something because they were arguing about, I don't know if somebody, yeah, it's, cause she says like, about her parents, just, her parents weren't here or here, you know, her parents left her. She, he said, it's something to do with her parents and her feelings of being, I guess, just, discarded and just kind of left well, as an afterthought because I something came up in that in the dialogue there that I don't remember but I think it was more than just the phone okay because it does but it doesn't really matter but I mean no, it, it really they go through matter. this whole thing where like I I really at that point thought that he had been bitten because it was one of those last ditch like yeah. he went, goes to grab and the zombies almost get him and so I thought for sure that he had gotten bitten at that I point. completely agree I, I thought that same thing it's like it, it's a classic zombie movie trope. It's like yep. you, you, you're almost got hit, but you go back for something, someone, something like, like an object, a weapon, a phone, and you just get out by the skin of your teeth, you know, and there's a little bit of a scuffle going on. And yeah, you're, you're totally right. It's like the perfect 
you know, foil for the the, the surprise right. I got bit moments. All right. Um, before we move on, um, we're going to take a quick break here real quick. We'll be right back, guys. So hold on. All right, so we're back, and um, where we left off, like, so as we're leaving this, like, this, the, the, this room or shop there, and that heads back onto like the mall hallway or something like that. Um, it, there's a callback we didn't bring up earlier, but I'll bring it out because uh, when they were in the, when Anna and John were back in that playground that one night talking, like, they were going to see, talking about um, trying to name Santa's reindeer, and they couldn't name all the reindeer. And at this point, John's like, "Hey, I got it. I can name. All, here's I know all the names now." And he starts writing off all the reindeer names. As they go out, this as they exit through this door into the hallway, and as soon as he like, names the final reindeer, like Dancer Prancer or whatever, he's like, "Hey, I did it!" And he throws out his hand, and a zombie comes up, chuck, just bites right into his hand. Um, <gasps> so John gets bit, and uh, at this point, uh, hearing like the screen, like the zombies start emerging, and the, the group gets gets divided, kind of like Chris, Steph, and Nick are on one side of the zombies. While Anna and John are on the other side, so there's and there's a bunch of zombies in between them. Um, seeing that Anna is trapped on this side, away from the rest of the group, John grabs Anna and has this big heroic moment. He he grabs her, wraps his arms around her, turns his back to the zombies, and starts walking backwards, pushing his way through the zombies that are like grabbing at him, and with with his arms wrapped around Anna, protecting her. And he manages to break through to the other side. And when he does, he spins around and shoves Anna away from him to safety towards Nick and Chris. Um, Anna tries like, no, no, no. But Nick grabs and pulls her back as a group of zombies pull John. They pull him down to the floor and they start ripping at him. And they're going at John. John's done for. But he sacrifices himself to make sure that Anna was able to get through the zombies and get to safety to the rest of the group. Um, I got to say, I was very surprised by this scene. I yeah. thought this guy, you know, I mean, all, all the, you know, classic tropes of this guy's going to make it to the end and they're going to be holding hands, you know, in some way, shape or form, whether it's through friendship or whether it's through, you know, he's going to at least make it to the end. He might die at the end, yeah. but he's going to make it to the end. Nope. Yeah. I mean, everything. Yeah. I thought, that, oh, this guy's going to be the guy, you know, it's going to be be at the end. But no, I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, holy shit. They got like, really? John's the first one to go like, you know. Horror movie trope or musical, you think it's gonna be Nick, the, the Nick, the ass or something. He's the one that's yes. gonna go for, you know. But no, it's it's the nice John, uh, not even Chris, not but it's John, the the best friend, the main character. He gets it. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean but he, it, kind, he, it, it makes sense only because it makes sense only because in a way because early on Anna's like, what could you even do against Nick? Like she's kind of just like, yeah, I mean, John, you're funny, but whatever but you that, can that's even almost do it. setting up the rest of the movie for him to prove himself that he's worth it and even the beginning songs he's very prominent in the first three songs he even has like basically a duet yeah. with uh anna during the you know during the zombie apocalypse scene you really have the feeling this guy's gonna be there <laughs> he's gone yeah. um exactly yeah. so at this point anna gets she's like she collects herself she's pissed she's like she's like you know she's watched her best friend get eaten alive basically and so she just loses it. She and she leads the charge as they fight their way out of the mall. Um, she's you know taking out the zombies left and right. She takes out zombie mall Santa too at the end, and she's just just hacking her way through all the zombies. Um, and then I wish we could have seen zombies uh, like that. There was like big zombie Santa. I wish we could have seen him go down. Like, hmm. uh, 
a moment, I was like, oh, man, we didn't get to see. <laughs> she strikes him, but we don't get to see, like, an actual. Oh, zombie. Yeah, that, like, bro, she, yeah, she hits him. And move. Um, so we at this point, we cut to them arriving at the school. Uh, and, you know, there's bodies in the parking lot. It's, it's a total shit show. Uh, they enter it, and they find Savage sitting at the front desk, like, eating, like, a microwave dinner. And, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm eating my Christmas dinner. Um, and Savage says, I expect you'll be wanting to see your parents. You're very lucky children. They all wanted to leave, but they all wanted to leave, but you know, they didn't or something like that is what he said. And he walks over to this door, opens it for him, lets them in and close, you know, they all head inside. Savage closes the door behind them. He leads them to the cafeteria. The kids walk in, but you know, Savage doesn't follow. The door closes behind them. Uh, and the kids see all their parents and everyone, all the other adults now, and students where I was there has now been all been turned into zombies. They're all dead. They're all shambling around the cafeteria. They try to back their way out the doors, but oh shit. Now they're fucked. They're locked. He, Savage locked him in with all the zombies. Uh, Cause they're totally man. Savage has lost it now. So the group tries to sneak around the zombies and, and, and which haven't noticed them yet. And they're doing good. They're making their way across the room. But as they pass like the, the lunch area where like, you know, you would get your cert, like the lunch ladies would be behind the counter. You get served your lunch. You see savages there on the other side of the counter behind like this rolled down metal, like cage like thing. Like, you yeah. know, um, and, uh, there's a short exchange, uh, with Savage and Anna is like Anna, talk, saying to Anna, like, you're not so cocky now. Um, I can't wait to show your father what's left of you. And you're like, Savage, don't do this. Don't do this. What are you doing? And he's, you see Savage, he pulls out that whistle of his, puts it to his lips. He blows it. All the zombies spin around and Savage just calls out pudding. And the kids just run off as the zombies, uh, uh, start shaming for him. And pudding. yeah. <laughs> pudding. And this leads us to this kicks off Savage's song. Like his his number. Uh, it's called like uh, not gonna stop me now or nothing's gonna stop me now. Um during this song, we see how crazy Savage is fully gone. Um he's singing and dancing uh, from the safety of his caged off kitchen area while the kids like battling the zombies in the cafeteria, running all over the place. Um so uh here we go. <laughs> Shut up, all you idiots. You little shits should listen to me. Did I fail to mention your attention's now obligatory? All my life they told me I would never succeed. Put me down, controlled me, made me follow their lead. Bought the lies they sold me for too long, but now I'm finally It's been so hard to bite my tongue while you fucked around. You just can't see the damage done, it's all falling down. But youth is wasted on the young, and now my time is coming around. Oh, yeah! Nothing's gonna stop me now. Nothing's gonna stop me Oh, 
horror picture show for me like it kind of reminded me because he's just like he's so i don't know he's he's dancing around he's very self-indulgent he's very manic everything else around him is like violence and chaos and he's feeding off of it yes i, I don't know i liked it it was really like rock rock opera type of a moment where yeah he's just i'll give you the, yeah i'll give you that for he's sure a psychopath right here it's it's almost a little creepier than the zombies. It really is. You, you, it, this is you like, kind of nailed it, yeah. He basically becomes, for, for that gamer, he basically becomes like one of the uh, human bosses in like a Dead Rising game. Like the normal person who just becomes like this crazy, he loses and becomes like this crazy serial killer. And like, if those of you who play the game, like like the grocery store manager in the first game who snaps and becomes like a crazy killer. Like he's just, just, here's this school headmaster who snaps and now he's like this crazy psychopath in a zombie apocalypse he's lost it um so basically at the end of that uh anna uses the spiked end of her candy cane thing to pry open the one of the rolling cages and she 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 leaps over the other side is like where's my dad demand know where my dad is um the all the other kids follow her too they, they and then chris and steph slam the rolling cage back down to stop the zombies from getting through steph yells for anna like hey you go get your dad I'm going to get my keys and we'll meet back up or somewhere and we'll get out of here. So they split up into two groups at this part. Um, so mistakes. Yeah. Well, if you're trying, I don't, I kind of get like, you're trying to, you know, you get your dad, you get my keys and we'll get out of here. But that's uh, the formula. I'm sorry. Well, so Chris and Steph, they're going down hard. They make up, you know, they, they, for except like Steph got mad at him earlier about something, but they make up, they apologize. And that's when Chris hears Lisa's song, like the song she was going to sing in the, in the Christmas show. She hears it and he follows the singing to find Lisa hiding in a closet or something with Chris's grandma who is lying on a mattress, not doing so well. <laughs> Chris and Lisa embrace. Lisa frantically tries to explain what happened and how Savage went crazy and did all this stuff. Um, but it turns out that not only is the grandma not doing so well, she's actually dead now. So she's, she died. Saddened by her death, Chris says, well, hey, you know, at least she's not one of them. She didn't turn into a zombie because she died of like her, her heart or natural condition, natural, natural causes. And she, so he, he kisses her goodbye and they leave. They lock, they, they close the closet door and the three of them go off together. We go back to Anna, who's with Nick, and they end up talking about their past relationship and why Anna can't stand Nick now. This leads to a heated argument during which we learn that Nick had to kill his own dad. Um... Because Nick, who we also was in the army, dad, Nick's dad was in the army or was one of the army guys. And Nick goes on to say that his dad got bit. Uh, and then his dad handed Nick a baseball bat, which is what Nick's been armed with this whole movie. And um, said to him, don't let me down, son, for once. Um, so basically saying, Damn. yeah, Nick starts crying, starts to cry, but quickly pushes those feelings down. and He wants to move on. Um, and that's when this. When, I, I gotta say, Dad gave him a little bit more incentive to bash his brains in by giving him just one little j last jab. Yeah. Don't disappoint me just for once. For once. God damn, Dad. What uh, a great father of the year. Father yeah. of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, at so that point, just really quick, we're we're not living by uh, Walking Dead rules. So no, it's not. Die, if you die, causes, yeah. Yeah, you're just you're just not coming. You're you're you have to be infected. It's basically, right. I guess, Night of the Living Dead or you know Romero zombie right. rules where you have to be bit first. Uh, 
so at that point, zombies storm the room. Uh, Nick tells Anna that he'll hold him back so she can go find her dad. Anna refuses to say, no, we're going to stick together. But Nick pushes her down to the floor and then moves off, calling the zombies, like taunting them and say, hey, follow me over here, which they do. And then again, there's a funny, like little fun moment here. A good, good fun ride. That Anna gets back up and just stands there for a moment. Look at Nick and Nick says, don't just stand there like a dick. Get going. Go get your dad. <laughs> and she's like, oh, for fuck's sake, Nick. And it, it, it's just, it's a funny exchange again in this, in this serious situation that I got it. it a little bit of levity there that made me laugh. Um, again, just a good nod to the writing. Um, well, then he starts singing his theme. Yes. Though. He starts singing his theme song a little bit, too, like a little acapella, like, when it comes yeah. to kicking zombies, I'm the top of my class. Yes, he does. Like, they bring oh, that back. Oh, hearkening back to your theme. Oh, I understand, musical. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so we go back to the other three who have come to like this another room filled with zombies. I don't know if it's like the teacher's lounge or something, but this room is supposed to, but Savage's office is attached to this room. They have to go through this room to get to his office. And that's where Steph's keys are. So Steph says she's got this. She enters the room and starts to crawl along the floor underneath the tables. She nearly gets spotted, but the zombies get distracted by the shiny tinsel hanging from the ceilings. Uh, zombies are apparently very easily distracted in this movie. Uh, she makes it to Savage's office. I can and only she's, hope. I can only hope that's what real zombie apocalypse is like. That's yes. What I hope it is. Um, so she makes it to Savage's office. She starts going through like the, this box of like confiscated items that he's taking from all various students throughout, I guess, however long. And uh, she has her book back with her. She, she, pulls out a, or she grabs a backpack that's in there, and she starts pulling things out of the box. She finds a bottle of vodka. She's like, oh, okay. She puts it in her backpack to take along with her. And... Uh, <laughs> And then she pulls out a vibrating dildo, which turns on in her hand. She's like, oh, shit. And she said, it hits the floor, which, again, is funny and kind of weird and messed up that uh, he would confiscate a vibrating dildo from a kid at school. Um, But the vibrating dildo hits the floor, and the noise it's making with vibrating on the floor alerts the zombies. So um, they start shambling towards the offices. And Chris and Lisa try to pull their attention, shaking tinsel at them, but it's not working because there's no noise now. It's... So Steph finds her keys, grabs her bag, and what looks looks like a, I guess a chisel or something, which she, she finds in the box as well, and heads out to the door to leave. She opens the door and sees all the zombies are now fixated on the TV in the room that is playing the video footage that Chris has been shooting on his phone this entire time. Um, however, there's a problem because Chris and Sarah, who are now or Chris and Sarah, Chris and Lisa. That's a, <laughs> uh, sorry. Chris I was and, wondering what was happening there. I was that's like, all right. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Don't worry. I. I don't want to be in this movie. I really. Don't. Um, Chris and Lisa <laughs> are trapped. Are behind the TV, trapped. You know, with all the zombies kind of standing around the TV, and they can't move. They're just stuck there. Um, so Steph kind of mouths the word and pantomimes like crawl out, and so Chris and Lisa drop to the ground and start crawling their way through the zombies while Steph like, starts sneaking, like t- tiptoeing behind them. All's going good. They're making it th- until somehow the phone, I guess, gets unplugged from the TV and the screen goes black. The zombies lose their interest and re- attack all of them. Steph's able to grab one, stab it in the head with like, the chisel or whatever the fuck she, she had. But sadly, Chris and Lisa don't fare so well. Lisa gets bit in the back of the shoulder, and it looks pretty brutal too. Like it's like, yeah. oh, god damn that that fuck. Uh, and then a good bite. Yeah, it's it's pretty vicious. And then Chris gets bit while trying to save Lisa, 
uh, Chris plugs the phone back in, which turns the TV back. All the zombies go right back to watching the screen. Uh, again, they're separate. Steph's on one side, Chris and Lisa, who have been bit on the other side. Chris and Lisa realize that they've both been bit now, and they just hug each other tightly while crying. Steph watches them hug for a moment. Chris looks up at her. They look at each other for a moment, and Chris just kind of waves goodbye to Steph while he's hugging Lisa with tears in her and with tears in her eyes. Steph waves back. Chris and Lisa kind of stand there hugging each other, watching the video footage, which then switches to like this video that Chris made for Lisa or something. And just like all their friends just like laughing and having a good time, like memories past or something like that of all, like on this playground. And Lisa just looks up and says, I love it. They kiss and Steph just turns and leaves, leaving Chris and Lisa to their fate. And it's a fucking heart wrenching moment, man. That, that's some <laughs> deep shit right there. Like that's like, <laughs> goddamn, goddamn, tears. Are we cracking the thick, crusty exterior of Marshall's black heart? <laughs> Not quite. It yet. only takes it only takes musical numbers, Aaron. It only. Takes- <laughs> <laughs> There's been so many movies we watched where I talk about a touching moment. Marshall's like, whatever. <laughs> But this one, this I just, one's finally breaking through. I think because it's just so well done. Like, it's real. You know, it's like there's a sense of reality and realness to this that some of the other ones necessarily don't. Um, but anyway, so we go back to Anna, who enters the theater that we saw earlier, which is filled with zombies who are all at, like, the base of the stage. They're, cl- like, they're clawing and reaching out for something up on the stage, but the lights are off. And the spotlight kicks on. And we see Anna's dad tied up to a chair with by strings of Christmas lights. And they're savage next to like, the, the spotlight. Um, her dad tells Anna to run. But then and Savage's like, well, how the hell are you still alive? And Savage says, like, hey, the stage is all yours now, Miss Anna. Why don't you give us a show? And this leads to our next uh, number uh, sung by Anna and Savage. Um and right as it starts, like it's kind of cool because like it starts off very slow and and very uh, uh, I don't know I don't know very slow and very very and methodical. I don't want to say methodical but it's very very I fuck I, I it's slow and um, Anna like you see her like she kind of she's like she's writing herself right, in this moment like this 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 moment of calm before the, the shitstorm is about to hit because she like, you see she like flips her hair back does up on like a quick ponytail and she grabs her candy cane. And then she just starts fighting her way through like this giant mass of zombies that are in front between her and the stage while like, while her and Savage are singing this song. So here we go. It's called uh, Hell of a Show. It's been said the world's a stage And everyone must play their part Well, if that's true, I'll act with all my heart I'll take my cue to go Stand near the spotlights glow And give them one hell of a show And now the zombie ass picking starts as it picks up Good. 
Miss Shepherd, you're so wrong, you don't have a clue. A purge on this species is long overdue. All humanity's broken, our story is done. As the set catches fire, might as well have some fun. So raise the curtain, hit the light, strike up the fan for the final night. And if it is my time to go, I'll give them one hell of a show. You're a silly wee girl. You're a mad man. Guess the truth can be hard to hear sometimes. You've been losing your mind in a sad man. No, I finally see where I once was blind, and I have never felt so much bliss. Oh, how can you take pleasure in this? Raise the curtain, hit the light, strike up the band for the final night. And if it is my time to go, I won't waste a moment, I know. Yeah, um, and I agree. There is so much. Like I said, she's fighting her way through zombies. It's left and right. Uh, but there's a few things about that. Now, again, the, the lyrics fit really well, and there's a message behind it. Like, I mean, that it's really good. That, you know, they're talking about, hey, you know, it's my time to go. I'm going out with a bang. Um, but also then it's, uh, uh, Savage says something about, you know, there's he has like this Thanos moment where he's like, you know, um, the world, like, maybe we need, maybe that's what we need. right The world needs to be purged a bit right now. Like Thanos is like, we need to cut the numbers for the people, you know, for the things to live. And I, I hate to say, but I sympathize with Thanos in a bit in, in that, in the Avengers. Like, I kind of agree. Like, you got to kind of maybe... Maybe we do need to hit the reset button a bit. He wasn't completely there's, wrong. There's that, old, there's that old icy heart. There it is. There it is. We got it back. Um, I can't have this conversation during a real pandemic. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's hard enough to want for me to watch a movie about an apocalyptic uh, situation, like when we're in a pandemic right. in real life. Because, like, I can't tell you what my nightmares have been, like, the last couple of days since last There, I, I was, but uh, the... I'm not going to... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, no. Okay, so, near the end of the song, like, when it's building up to the big finish of that number, um, and, like, I think kicks, like, a, a soccer ball or something and hits the zombie, like, one of the zombies, like, in the nuts, and it keels over on his hands and knees. And then she, like, does, like, a, uh, got, like, a Jeff Hardy whisper in the wind move, and she, she takes off running leaps up onto the zombie's back and then leaps off his back uh, onto the stage. Like That's the big uh, big climax of she the musical the superhero number. superhero landing. She does the superhero landing. Yeah, when she lands on the stage, she does do the superhero landing. Um, so, uh, where was I in my notes? Okay, there it is. Um, well, the fact that she gets through this whole horde of zombies through this musical number is pretty amazing. Yes. Like, the fact that, like, music gets... Music and, and true badassery it's her on stage it's pretty good it's great it's really no you're totally right um so she gets on stage she frees her dad which didn't take much like i think pretty sure dad could freed himself because she like instantly frees him the the the, the christmas lights just drop (laughs) it's like that's all right whatever but it was that's kind of funny um they hug each other then dad turns and punches savage right in the gut and he's like hey hey just let him go uh savage he's not worth it uh, Savage br- grabs like a bottle and 
breaks it and uses it. Like, he's like, okay, he arms himself as, as a broken bottle as a weapon. He taunts Anna's dad, calling him a roly-poly pig-faced plebe, or pleb, <laughs> and then and then attacks him. Savage and, and Tony, Anna's dad, they struggle for a bit. They fight each other. Uh, Savage manages like to push Tony up against the edge of the stage where he's like, he's about to like push him over the edge and you see the zombies like below like reaching up and clawing and grabbing at him. Um, and it looks like Tony's about to go over the edge, but he punches Savage in the face, staggering Savage enough, forcing him to release his grip on Tony. Uh, at this point, Tony gets the upper hand, has Savage pinned down, just like, again, his head's hanging over the stage, zombies are clawing at, but he decides not to land like a, a punch in the face or a finishing blow. The dad steps back, exhales, turns his back to Savage, who grabs a cricket bat to swing at her da- at the dad. But Anna sees this and quickly releases a rope that's tied to a weight. Turns out that rope is what was holding the giant star that we saw earlier. Call back to that. Comes swinging down. And earlier, Savage dodged it. But this time, this giant star smashes, hits into Savage and uh, sends him flying off the stage, and he lands on top of the zombies like a crowd surfer at a concert. And while yeah. the zombies are holding him up there for a moment, there's like a, a second, maybe maybe just one second, two seconds, where he's just being held up like you know, like a crowd surfer. And he starts laughing like a madman because I guess in those two seconds, he's like, "Ha! I'm in, I'm invincible. The zombies aren't touching me. Ha ha! I'm the king of the world." Yeah, but that suddenly that changes real quick, and they start pulling dra- pulling him down and dragging him down to the floor. And his laughter turns to screams as the zombies begin ripping him apart and eating him alive. And uh, so Savage is, he's done. He's done for now. He's zombie food. And Anna tells her dad, like, come on, we have a car. We got to get out of here. We got a car. Let's go. But dad just kind of shakes his head, looks down, shows Anna his leg. And we see that he has a giant bite taken out of his ankle from, I guess, when he was held up against, when he was fighting with Savage, was up against the edge of the stage. Those zombies that we see clawing up, reaching up. But anyway, that's that hidden that hidden bite that Aaron was talking about earlier with Chris, but it happened now with the dad instead of Chris. Oh, it was Sarah who mentioned it. And this, I was, I was. Oh, I'm sorry. I, thinking, I, I thought it was you. Go on. Yeah, but uh, I, I agree with her. But at the same time, it's like you have to have this moment in a zombie movie. Doesn't matter what it is. If you're gonna have zombies, you have to have like the fake about moments. Like I can't go on with you <laughs> because I got secretly bitten. Every goddamn zombie movie has it. Yep. So I'm glad they at least paid homage to that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Anna, Anna and her dad they hug. She cries in his arms, and you basically you know quickly realize that everything she's negative she said or felt about him at the beginning of the movie is gone now. She realized the dire circumstances. And she's still trying to get, Dad, come on with her. We can go. You know, we, we, we'll, we'll get out of here. But he's like, I can't. The change happens too quickly. Um, they exchange some more heartfelt words, you know. Uh, and then Nick comes rushing in. The what dad, the hell, Nick? Yeah, Nick, Nick comes running bad. up. Um, I thought, I'm so sorry, but I really thought Nick was a goner when he went up against, like, a, a, a group of, like, 10 zombies. In, like, the so chemistry room? Must- yeah. <laughs> He must really be the top of his class. Yeah. I mean, he, I was this, must, this is his talent for real. <laughs> this is his time to shine, man. He, he's, he's, he's like, yeah. Um, so the dad says, like, I'm not, he, he does say, I'm not crazy about your boyfriend, though, as Nick comes right up. And he's like, he's not my boyfriend. To which the dad says, well, there's some good news. So again, a little bit of levity, some good writing there. Anna does get a little bit of a laugh at that. Again, that Tony says, hey, 
says, Anna, you have to go. Uh, but Anna says, I guess taking a cue from Nick or something says, ask if he wants her to help. And I guess I'm assuming that means that she want her to like, kill him. So yeah. he doesn't change. And Nick says, don't. And dad's like, he's right. Don't do that. You don't want that on your conscience. You don't want that memory of having to kill your parent. Right. And again, so it shows a little bit of humanity, a little softer side to Nick there. And it's just really kind of some emotional talk back and forth going on right there. It's pretty, it's pulling. Um, Tony tells Anna how proud he is of her. And he's like, your mom would be so proud. He's a so girl. And he's like, but you have to go, go. And Nick starts slowly pulls Anna away from her father. Tony looks at her and says, Merry Christmas, Anna. And she says, Merry Christmas. And then we just cut to Nick and Anna exiting the school. They're out in the parking lot. They look around and all they see is zombies in every direction. I mean, shit looks grim. Like there's no escape it, at this point. Yeah, it's, it, they're Fucksville. Yeah. yeah. So this brings us to our final musical number called I Will Believe. It's sung by Anna and Nick. And I'm going to say the song, it's sad as fuck. Um, one, because of all the visuals we see during it, which obviously you're not going to see listening to this, but we'll talk about some of it. Um, but it's, it's, it's fat. It's sad as fuck. And I'll talk about the shit we see after the song's over. I'll talk about what some of the visuals, um, to kind of help clarify some of this, but so here we go. When I look back over my yesterdays, I was so sure certain I'd find my way but now the world oh, is such a different place all of my dreams are gone without a trace where is the light that used to shine oh where is the light that once was mine But while there's hope Oh, while I still breathe I will believe Very sobering All of a sudden the blood in my
Right. So that's like I said, it's sad as fuck. And what makes it, it's so Ooh. again every, every we've said it so many times about this movie, but it's the way it's shot. It's so good. Like again, there's no f- action. It's just Nick and Sarah standing basically back to back in the parking lot, surrounded by zombies everywhere, and the camera just kind of pa- is slowly panning around them as they're singing. And then we get shots. And what makes it worse is we get shots. It starts cutting to other other areas that we've seen in the movie. Like so, if we see zombie Lisa and zombie Chris shambling around in that room where they were bit in that TV room and where they died with all the other zombies and they, they pass each other as zombies. And when they do, we see their fingers interlock, like briefly interlock it. Like they're holding hands, like the couple that was in love, but they're zombies and then they shamble away and you see their fingers slowly pull apart and let go. And they just shamble away from each other as zombies. And it's fucking touching and emotional. And then, then, uh, the, then we go back and we see John back at the mall. who's dead. He's, he starts twitching and he's becoming a zombie, which he should have been a zombie a long time ago, but we see it. Um, and, and as he twitches, his hand hits his chest, which causes his Christmas tree sweater to turn on and light up, which is what he used <laughs> to try to, you know, cheer up Anna. That was his like comedic, like, Hey, I'm going to cheer you up. That's my good guy thing. And then, so the one that really got me and legitimately made tears, I, my eyes tear up was this we saw before, but the shot of Anna's dad, Tony, he's sitting on the floor, he's dying. And he's looking at his, the picture of Anna on his cell phone. Like he, we did earlier in the movie. And then his hand goes limp and the phone falls to the floor. And we just see Anna's picture there as he dies. And that hits me right in the heart feels. Cause I, Cause I fucking know, like we're all parents. Like I know if I was, if I was Tony in that situation, I'd be doing the exact same fucking thing. I would be looking at my phone. I'd be looking at a picture of my daughter as like, if that's the last thing I'm going to see in this world, that's what I want it to be. I mean, hell that's what I did when I had my brain surgery, when my brain tumor thing, like the last thing I saw before I was wheeled into the, the operating room was a picture of my daughter on my phone. And that song with all these visuals, like legitimately I teared up a little bit. It hit me legit in in the heart and that doesn't happen very often at all but it just that's it i mean that it got me like it got me it got me good um i don't know about you guys but damn you musical damn you (laughs) we're not supposed to be feeling things right now no this is supposed to be funny and lighter but goddamn this movie seeing things like get eaten we're supposed to see brains we're supposed to i'm supposed to be terrified right now by all the blood and gore, I am not supposed to be like single tear over here <laughs> feeling for these people and their zombification. Yes. I don't, damn you, musical. So, anyway, the song ends. The zombies at this point are closing in on Anna. Like it's they're they're closing in. That little itty bitty zone of safety they had is getting is shrinking by the second. Anna just looks up at the sky. As snow begins to fall, she closes her eyes, takes a slow, deep breath in. And like she's about ready to, she's accepting her fate. Like she's just, you know, it's, it's over. And then from out of fucking nowhere comes Steph in her car. She slams on the brakes right in front of Anna and Nick, looks at him and says, boom, saved your life. <laughs> and Anna and Nick look at each other and then close up of car doors slamming, car door shut, car door shut. Steph throwing the car into drive and slamming on the gas and they drive off. And we cut to Anna, Steph, and Nick in the car 
driving in silence and in kind of like shock. And we hear a re- the, the a reprise a reprisal uh, in like in voice of the cast singing the "No Such Thing as a Happy Ending" song. And again, Hollywood ending. Hollywood ending. Thank you. No, no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Again, hits you in the heart. It's like, oh. And Steph asks, where to next? And uh, one is this ongoing theme throughout the movie that people keep saying, like Anna's dad and John, and I think even Nick or somebody keeps saying how Anna always has a plan. She always knows what to do next, what she's going to do next. And at this point, when she asks that, nobody, they just look around at each other in silence. Nobody gives an answer. Anna doesn't have a plan. And they, uh, and then they just, so they just drive off in silence. And this large red banner that reads Merry Christmas blows through the wind across the screen. And, and, and you think that's the end. And then right as it blows off the screen, a snarling zombie Santa pops up right in front of the camera. <laughs> blackout, roll credits. That's Anna and the apocalypse. Um, and I mean, goddamn! Like I want to say this now, just because I don't want to forget it at the end. But again, it brings that reprise of that mood, that song, "No Such Thing as a Hollywood Ending." Again, is so perfect and so mm-hmm. like, meaningful there because like it is like every there was no happy ending. Everybody died. No, not everybody, but I mean, normally the happy ending you, you expect to see John's gonna live and he and John or John and Anna are gonna you know. Become a couple. They're going to kiss at the end. They're going to be. No, that doesn't happen. That Hollywood ending is gone. Like they said, it doesn't happen. He's dead. Anna's dad, dead. Chris and Lisa, the two people who were in love that want, you know, we're going to spend their lives here. They're dead. They don't know what they're doing. The city's bombing. Like it's, it's kind of like, it's almost, it's like haunting. Like when they, the way that song is done in the background is like haunt. It's like the ghost of Christmas past or something. Like it's like a haunting sound. It's just, it's, very impactful. I just like, I goddamn. Um, so anyway, that's and the apocalypse. Um, let's move on to this week's favorite kill. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. Before you go down to the favorite kill, I do have a question. Okay. All right. Two questions actually. First, if you were in the situation that Anna's dad was Tony, where he was bitten, you can't go on with him. Would you choose to be killed off or to drift off into nothing and become a shambling zombie? Now, let's just say for the sake of argument, it's not going to be your daughter that kills you. It could be a companion, a friend, some other kind of people here and there, what have you. All right, well, that's a, big, to- that's a big, big uh, caveat to that question. That's a big sticky point because if, if you're saying in that situation, I'd say no, I would drift off and go. I'm not going to have... Put that I don't I think Nick and Tony were right. Like I'm not gonna put that on my daughter to have the memories of her killing me, um, as well as memory of me. That that's that would be heart wrenching and terrible. So in that you situation, see it, you see it in other zombie movies, or it's, it's well, I mean, Walking know, Dead. Like, Carl didn't Carl shoot Lori or something, or did, no? I don't remember. He died in The Walking Dead. She died. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you've seen it spoiler. before. Oh uh, yeah, spoiler from like <laughs> ten years ago. Um, uh, yes, but I mean, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could do that to, to ask my daughter to do that. I mean, I know she's getting away. She's not going to, I'm not going to be a threat to her. She's going to get out at least the immediate vicinity. I, I just, just go. I, I couldn't have her. I don't think I could do that to my, to my kid. 
Fair enough, but if it's just a normal dude? Um... Uh, I, get, I don't know. I, maybe. maybe. Don't, 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 go, don't go too deep, man. I, I know. I, know I, I don't know. I want to be a zombie or not. <laughs> nope. I don't want to be a zombie. Take me down. Like, I don't want my kid to do it. I don't want somebody that I love to do it. But, like, I'd be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not rambling around here. That's like, I can't watch, personally in life, zombie movies kind of freak me. They're like the epitome of movie, horror movies that freak me out. Because I'm really honestly afraid that a zombie apocalypse could honestly happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, it, 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 like the images of that, like really stick with me. And so, like, no, I do not want to be a zombie, like at all. Nope, that's yeah. my short answer. I don't want to be responsible for hurting somebody. So, like, take me out. Yep. Technically, you're not. Know, if you're a zombie, you're, you're no longer you. So technically, you're not responsible for being. But anyway, yeah, I see what you're Fair saying. Fair enough. But if but if I had the situation where I could choose between, you know, right. hey, I'm done for, off me now, so I don't become a shambling, you know, yeah. flesh eater. You know, that's that's the way I look at it. Gotcha. Uh, so anyway, back to favorite kill. Let's get back to that. Um, so yeah, um, Sarah, you know, you, you said yourself, you know, we're gonna ask you. So you're going first. What's your favorite kill? That's cool. Okay, so there's a couple of really great noteworthy kills, you know, and I I don't want to say that I don't there honestly, I mean there are kills in this movie, but most of our main characters do not end like find really gruesome endings, right? Like nobody does. So um, I want to note that the first kill, that first zombie that we see that the snowman that dies that's pretty awesome because we get off of a whole like musical number and then it's just like bam violence <laughs> and blood and that's really good but um i think that my favorite kill is honestly the one where they're in the bowling alley because it's a chaotic scene you know everybody's fighting off zombies and um a zombie gets killed and knocked down and like you said he his head gets decapitated by the ball return he his head comes back in the ball return and then what's her uh what's her name what's the lesbian character's steph? name yes steph does a victory dance at the like as his head is coming yes back in yeah the the ball vic- i forgot about the victory dance he does this victory dance where she and, and it made me laugh out loud because i have done that victory dance not <laughs> just while bowling so that's my favorite kill because you see you see the thing come down, you get the zombie reaction as it's coming down to decapitate him, and then you see his head come back. So I, I really like that one. That one was it was a fun scene in general. All right, um, Aaron, what you got? Mine's also taking place in the bowling alley, but it's the bowling balls through the head, to the bald man's head blown out of his brain. I know Marshall, you kind of poo pooed it a little bit, saying you could kind of see special effects, but at the same time, it's good. No, it's a good kill. Yeah, I I I I did try to um, I tried to correct that. But I'm not saying oh it sucks because you can see it. No, I get that you see it, but it's still I it is a good kill overall. It's still good. It's just a very minor thing that you can, that one you like did, make half a second to pick shot. That nit. Yeah, you had I, to pick that nit. Well, and there's not much. I didn't pick anything else about this movie. I did, there's very little nitpicking to pick here, so I had to find something to keep the streak alive. But but, uh, <laughs> but that one that one is my favorite kill. It, I thought it was great. I thought it was very cool looking. It's plausible. 
And I love the finale of the throw up. You know, it's it's uh, it's my favorite. Kill. The throw up, yeah, both the the victory dance and throw up both really capped off those kills as well. Me, I'm going with what I thought Sarah was about to say, but uh, the first one, I'm going Snowman Zombie. Uh, I love that because one, death by seesaw. We've never seen that before in a movie. That's pretty awesome, and, and just like the geyser of blood and like the suddenness of it, like because that's like they don't know what zombie like, the zombies are yet. And like the re- Anna's reaction and John's reaction, like and like just the blood spraying all over him. I thought that, I, and just how like I said, it comes up. It's been all up to that point. It's been it's like happy, good musical numbers, music up cheery, except for like you know they're dancing, Anna's dancing way through the apocalyptic chaos on the street. But she's unaware of anything of anything at this point until the that moment, and then that's when things really kind of start changing a bit more. Um, and I just—it's a fucking zombie in a snowman costume that gets his head decapitated by a knocked off by a seesaw. It's hilarious. It's awesome to me. That was my favorite kill. Um, so let's move on to the odds and ends. Just when you thought it was over, here comes the odds and ends. All right, ratings. IMDb gives it a six out of ten. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It has a seventy-seven percent on the the thermometer. With a 61% audience score. So that makes it one of the highest ranked movies we've done. So not not the all-time highest, but definitely up there for sure uh, as far as Rotten Tomatoes scores go. And then Amazon gives has a 4 out of 5 on Amazon. That's good for Amazon. Yep. Uh, plot keywords. There were 29 mostly basic zombie ones, but there were bowling, inflatable pool, and dead grandma were some of the more uh, odd ones that were, I found weird. I don't know why people are looking up dead grandmothers in their movies Uh taglines but whatever um and trivia let's move on to this week we actually have a, a you know it's a decent amount of trivia to get through uh for this movie which was nice because most of the time late we haven't had anything so um so uh we mentioned the the, the cleaning lady in the bowling alley her name was uh mrs heinzman and this is supposedly a, a definite nod to bill heinzman who played the graveyard zombie that kills johnny in the original night of the living dead oh. Nice. Um, and then, uh, so, uh, so here's where we, I just wasn't talking about earlier. We, you, you mentioned this yourself, Aaron, but Paul Kane, who plays Hollywood Master Savage, killed by the zombies. The end of the film. Most famous for his portrayal of Thoros of Mir on Game of Thrones, a character who was also killed by a zombie, a zombie bear. So that they actually made that in this connection. So uh, it's kind of funny you brought that up yourself. Um, the Hulago ornament in Anna's dad's car. Uh, can be seen in another Scottish film called Beats where the same car was used. So if you ever see that movie, there's a look for that. Um, the shots of them walking through the shopping center slash town square were filmed at a, an abandoned Freeport shopping village just outside Livingston, Scotland. Uh, the school that Anna and her colleagues attend was filmed at the recently demolished in 2019 St. Stephen's High School in Ivanclyde, Scotland. Uh, uh, also, another part of film is also formed in Port Glasgow, Scotland, for a lot. So, a lot of Scottish um, filming locations. Uh, this movie debuted in 2017 at the Fantastic Fest Film Festival in Austin, Texas, on September 22nd. Um, so, before it got its, its, its international release, the movie was planned to have a full musical opening scene featuring a drunk Santa stumbling, stumbling through the town, which would have been probably that mall Santa that we've seen, we saw a couple times in that movie. He would have opened it. And it probably would explain that he's, I guess, going to be the first one to turn into a zombie. Um, while the people around him sung, what a time, what a time to be alive. 
This would also feature several minor characters before they are infected. However, the scene was canceled halfway through the shooting due to poor weather conditions and never got, you know, was never finished. The movie has three different versions, a U.S. cut, which is 93 minutes long, a U.K. cut, which is 98 minutes long, and the festival cut, which is 108 minutes long. Uh, one of the post scenes in uh, one of the posts during the uh, hashtag evac selfie bit that we talked about, uh, one of the posters named was named was Ash Campbell, obviously a mashup of Ash Williams and Bruce <laughs> Campbell from the Bruce Campbell. Yep. Uh, during the scene when Lisa sings her song in a school Christmas concert, the man seen playing the keyboard is Tommy Riley, who was the, one of the guys who wrote the music for the movie. And the film closes with a dedication to Ryan McHenry. McHenry, who passed away in 2015, wrote and directed the short film Zombie Musical in 2011, which this feature film was adapted from. So, okay. there you go. That's all the trivia I got. Now, we do, unfortunately, we do not get to play the budget game. Aww. We do get to play Nine. the box office gross game. So, uh, so yeah, it's, I guess instead of... Uh, they spent how much? The budget game. So I guess instead of right. how, they spent how much? I guess it's they made how much? Uh, the box office game. Uh, so uh. Ke- keep in mind, this is really only... This was done on, I think, five screens in America. Uh, a very limited release. Uh, I have two numbers. I have opening weekend and I have the total gross. So you have two chances to get these right or horribly wrong. <laughs> So, um, Aaron I, or Sarah, who, I don't know who, who wants to take a guess at the opening weekend. Ladies first. Oh man! I knew that was gonna happen. Oh man! This is such a bummer because I was really preparing for the budget game, and I was also like, okay, am I gonna have to like think about euros or pounds right. here? Damn it! Okay, gross. So, like, we're talking about American dollars, gross. What it made. Right? Uh, American dollars, yes. Okay, American. I'm going to say $150,000. I have no idea. Okay, $150,000 for opening weekend. All right, Aaron, what's your uh, what's your opening weekend? So, so are we including both uh, U.S. and Europe in this? No, this is just U.S. numbers on opening weekend. Okay, then I say... I try a hundred thousand. I'm gonna go low on Sarah. All right. Oh. All right. So, opening weekend numbers. You're both wrong. Both okay. over. Opening weekend was sure. fifty-two thousand five hundred eighty-eight. Opening weekend. So, with that in mind, you guys want to take a shot at the gross? What well, it made total in the U.S. A hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say, can I keep my answer? Final answer. <laughs> uh, you can if you want. You totally can if you want. Um, sure. All right. So if you keep you're, again, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> now you're under. Uh, oh, the gross total gross was five hundred five hundred forty five thousand five hundred ninety seven. So a little not over, bad. Not bad. Over half a five there. screen release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's that. Uh, we're gonna. Getting close to wrapping it up. Now we're going to go into Mortal Kombat Combat. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. Test your might. Test your might. Test your might. Mortal 
Good versus bad. Right versus wrong. Light versus dark. In the end, when the dust settles, who will be left standing after Mortal Comet Combat? Alright. Now, I totally fucked up the op the intro to that. I got tongue-tied. I totally fucked that up. But um, I, right. I, I didn't correct you. I was like, just <laughs> let, let him go. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there were 610 total reviews on Amazon for this movie. 61% are five-star, while 8% are one-star. So very, wow. very unbalanced. Um, I'm going to blow through these as fast as I can. They're not, none of them are too terribly long. Uh, Elena writes, if you're looking for a Christmas movie with bite, then look no further, LOL. This movie is so cool, and the genre matchup was unexpected to me since I didn't watch the trailer. So pleasantly surprised. Five stars. Uh, from W. Lang, I usually enjoy serious zombie movies more than comedic ones, and my favorite comedic zombie movie was Shaun of the Dead until now. Sorry, Sean. This takes the number one spot. The movie is just the right mix of humor and seriousness and the music and the musical talent. A pleasure to watch. Five stars. From A.R. Grover, I hate stuff that makes me sad. And this movie, while parts are sad as the world goes to the dark side, made me smile, laugh, and at times giggle. The last song, No Hollywood Endings, was fabulous. It's not really the last song. But um, I recommend this for young adults who have lost dear ones to remember to take a breath. Also for old folks who need to have a sense of humor as we all put our pants on one leg at a time, assuming we have legs. Five stars. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brenda Woolman writes, what else are you supposed to do during a zombie apocalypse but sing? Five stars. Alex, this movie has all the makings of a horrible comedy flop. Gimmicky and overly ambitious script. Ensemble cast Zombies Christmas. This movie was like putting bleach next to vinegar and hoping it didn't poison everyone's career for a decade. But somehow getting past the slightly preachy, irrelevant and off topic song lyrics, the movie was stupidly good. Five stars. Um, Heather Leslie last two for your, for her. Fun. Reminds me of Buffy, the vampire slayer musical episode. That I had to put a good one. That I had to put that one. in. I put that in just for you. Cause I, I, I figured, you know what episode they're talking about. I'm sure Cincinnati okay, Jeff called, learning this. Well, you know what that's about too. It's called One more time with feeling. It's a fantastic episode. So, um, and then Jose D. Travares writes, "What? It's so good. Buy it. Five stars. Ooh. All right. And then on the other side of the corner, we got the one stars. Let's but let's see what and you'll know. It's like you'll pick up a theme to these. It drags, and I wanted to love it. I love zombie movies. Correction, I love good zombie movies." This thing, not so much, but I listened to the good reviews and bought it. Boy, was I an idiot. My 11-year-old granddaughter demanded to know why I made her watch it, and we both abandoned it in the middle. One star. You let your 11-year-old watch it? Yeah. Um, from D. I'm Clark. You. Oh, First of all, the name of the, the, the guy who uh, wrote that review was reader, writer, slash all-around creator. That's a little bit of an egomaniac, I guess, but he has to put that out there. Um, from D. Clark, if you like zombie movies and high school musical type movies, I'm guessing you'll love this. If you like zombie movies and think all high school musical movies should be shredded into bits and tossed into an active volcano, not so much. So why did I watch this? Because I like comedy mixed with zombies when it's done well. And because I like it when movies take a new slant on an established genre. But this movie just failed. One star. From Ty Er. It's a musical. I was stocked, I was stocked for this mov movie, Zombies and Christmas. What could be better than that duel? Sadly, there's only five minute gaps between the start singing and dancing again. 
one star. Science Mind writes, Zombie Musical! This is all I have to say. Zombie Musical, one star. Jennifer, this movie was terrible. It should have known it was going to be a musical. I would never have rented this in the first... Rented this movie, Super Boring, one star. Here's where the theme starts popping up. Derek R. Stewart, boring, bad lip sync, just silly, boring musical for kids that haven't seen an actual zombie movie. Hard pass on this one, just like... Uh, this one, just like uh, horror. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. He gets all gibberish. <laughs> From Joey Pappas. Really? A Glee zombie movie? What's next? Zombie dolphins that can sing and are afraid of the water and the humans are amphibians? One star. Blake. What the poop? Stop the singing. Musicals suck. One star. So you see the, the, the problem with yeah. the one stars is these are idiots who I guess didn't pay attention <laughs> and realize that it was a musical, even though... Even though these fucking imbeciles and ingrates, one, need to shut the hell up and get some fucking culture in your life about being a musical. And every poster, every cover of this movie says it's a fucking musical. It, it says, it, like, like Sarah said, Sean Dead meets La La Land, a musical. It says she'll stab, she'll slice, and she'll sing. It, there's, they're not hiding this from you. They're not trying to sneak you and get you to watch a musical. You're just a fucking moron who didn't pay attention to what you were buying. So don't take it out on that. No one tricked you. You know, whatever. You're that's, just a dum-dum. You're just a fucking dum-dum. Yeah. So, that said, um, let's, uh, we'll wrap it up with our thoughts. Uh, I, this is, I knew this would be a long episode, so we'll wrap this up. Um, Sarah, you're, go ahead. You're, you're always, we always let you kick it off. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I really, the whole time I watched, this is a good movie. I mean, in general, overall, it's a it's a decently done movie. The whole time I was like, oh, this is a musical. Oh, no, it's a horror movie. Is this a musical or is this a horror movie? And I've, or a zombie movie. And I've learned that they're almost the same. They, <laughs> this movie, well, first off, so bad it's good. I mean, because it follows a formula pretty closely. It follows the zombie formula. You get the opening scene where they give you a hint that a zombie apocalypse is coming. Then you see the zombie apocalypse. There's death. There's good gore. The zombies and the kills are good. Um, The music is legit, though. So as far as a musical goes, it is exactly the formula of a musical. It makes you care about the people, the dancing. Everything is really good. They hearken back to other songs to make you feel certain things and care about the damn characters, whether you want to or not, which is not what you should do in a zombie movie. You should not care about the characters. <laughs> you should want people to die. That, so I kind of felt a little torn, but... um overall it's a good movie i mean i would watch it i would watch it again the music is super catchy and really good and if if the gore and the comedy wasn't on point if the writing wasn't so good i don't know if i would say it's so bad it's good because because it's kind of cheese and it does feel really slow for a zombie movie but all in all it made me smile, and I cannot get these songs out of my head. So. <laughs> right. That's it. Um, all right, Aaron, where, where, where are you going with this? Uh, this movie had 
a fine line to walk because it can easily blow up in your face, kind of like what one of the reviewers said earlier about putting bleach and vinegar next to each other, hoping not to poison someone. Uh, because one, musicals are already kind of tricky in themselves. Two, the zombie genre has been done to fucking death by this point. So it's just another goddamn throw in the pan. And then you give a splash of Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, we didn't even mention Christmas. <laughs> and and then it, it just all gets it it works really well together. It all ties in really well, and that that just does go to the writing and the the use the the you know and also the the musical numbers as well. The the way they use them. Um, the first three songs of the musical number you can use in probably other musicals. They don't have anything necessarily to do with a zombie apocalypse or even Christmas. It has to do with coming of age and uh, you know starting afresh anew and you know. It's not until later on that they start incorporating, you know, zo- the actual zombie apocalypse that is happening. You know, like, uh, uh, I can't remember the curly-head kid's name for some reason now. Was it Nick. The Soldier, Nick. The soldier yeah. of War like, song. Yeah, the Soldier of War song. Nick talking about, you know, killing zombies as the head of his class. And then, um, then Savage later on, he makes notes to the zombies as well in the apocalypse. So, you know, it's kind of more on the nose. But the first three songs, they were pretty much pure high school musical. But it still worked. But it still worked. You're right, Sam. You really didn't touch too much on Christmas. And that, personally, for me, is kind of like, you could have done this at any time, and it didn't have to be Christmas. They just kind of tossed that in there. But that still makes me happy. <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> and you get the fun kills, like with the snowman and the Santa, and, you know, just the candy cane. But, yeah, I'm going to have to say so bad it's good. Um you know, it was it was a lot of fun. It was unique, and like I said, it's it's tough to do when you got movies like Shaun of the Dead that are out there, um, and then you're kind of piggy. I mean, don't get me wrong. In a way, they kind of they they maybe not necessarily piggybacked on it, but they definitely borrowed a lot of that attitude. But they didn't they didn't copy it. You know, they they may may have made pay a little bit more of an homage to it. So they walked a fine line. They did it right. So bad it's good. Um, yeah, I really can't argue anything. Like I, as so bad it's awesome. Like I, I really, <laughs> I, I love this movie. I really do. I I ended up watching like three times this last week. Uh, I bought it. Um, I, I I I actually went out and bought the soundtrack off of iTunes for this because I I did. <laughs> I love the music. The music is good. The music is good. It's goddamn catchy. It gets stuck in your head. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I wanted to support the movie. I like it. Um, and yeah, right. It, there, there was, a, it is such a tight rope to watch. This movie could have gone horribly wrong in the wrong direction with, if they didn't bounce, but it's just a testament to the writers and the, the, the composers and everything. They nail it right. And the actors did a great and, job. And the actors. Yes. And the actors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, there was never like over the top, like comedy, like they played it straight with like, and the comedy was, wasn't over top. It was done properly. It just, uh, it was, it, it just felt right. It felt natural. Um, I did find like the, the, the guys who wrote the music are like in Scotland over there. They're like award winning musicians. Like they're, you know, they've got talent, obviously. Um, they're, they're writing, sorry to interrupt you, but I did a kind of a deep dive on them. Cause that's just something I'm interested in. And they're writing, uh, music for the new Animaniacs, which is coming out. It's already out. It's, it's already oh, out. Is it out already? Yeah, okay. It's already I do out. not know, but they wrote a lot of music for that. 
and they were, have written a lot for a lot of other musicals. So I was like, these guys definitely knew exactly where to go with what they were doing here. Like, now, yeah, I, I just everything about this movie is great. I, I definitely think it's worth watching. Even if, like, you know what, if you guys were like, I hate musicals, I don't like them. Um, you know what, get over it. This movie is, it's really good to watch. I mean, it is. The music, it, it's, it's it, it takes you everywhere. It, it's good, right? It, it's fun. It's lighthearted in the right spots, but it's it's dark. It's killer. You know, there's gore. Uh, and then, you know, it's emotional too, man. Like, it's not just it's all fun and games. Like, it really does. Like, it hits the heartstrings, you know, for me and, and, and probably for other people too. It, it And it does it right. And then it leaves you feeling something at the end, which is a good thing for a movie to do. Like, now people might not want that in a horror movie or a zombie movie, but it's, I don't know. It's, I think it's definitely worth watching. You need to see it uh, and enjoy it. Um, I know I'm going to have more to say about it. I'm, I'm going to forget about it as soon as I get done recording. I'm like, oh, I wanted to say that. I should have said that. But, I do want to ask Sarah because you you said something when when you were talking about that. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's talking about maybe like the music going could have gone wrong or not working. I don't know, but like in the past when it comes like you all we also did uh, stage fright together, which was also another music. It was a slasher yeah. but a musical, and again the music was written for that. And, and it, yes, it had meatloaf in it, which gave it some cred. But you know it's but also very two even though both musicals very different styles of musical. Like this one had the more of the choreography dance scenes in it. Like uh, you see on maybe on Broadway. Well, stage fright. It did have one. I know it had one big number that had, had the singing, dancing chorus. But as you know, when you look at these two, like, would you like, which one do you like? Where are you lean? Like, what do you think about these as a horror musical genre? Now, I guess it's its own genre, but now that we have more than one of them. Well, it's really funny that you asked that because I completely thought about that when I was trying to figure out like my final thoughts and what I was going to say, like, how does that compare to that movie? And of course, like that movie was awesome in the, um, oh man, what was the name of that movie? Stage that Fright. Movie? Thank you. Stage Fright. That movie was so great. Um, that movie, it's, it's completely different. This movie is like. Like some, like in the review, somebody said something about Glee. Yeah. This is very yeah. much like a musical that you would watch. It follows the musical formula of here's the opening number, here's the dance number, here's the protagonist number, here's the conflict, here's here's the hearkening back, here's this person's you know num- duet, here's the lovers. You know, it's like it follows this formula. Whereas, whereas Stage Fright, it felt more of like a fun slasher movie that had good music in it that kind of like some of those musicals made or those those songs made fun of other musicals yes so i think it's very different this is again this followed two formulas zombie movie zombie movie formula and stage show musical formula like it just and but they did it so well they did it so well. Yeah. So I like them equally. But- I mean, and those formulas are not necessarily, you know, it's not like A times B equals C. It's not like they're not the same formula. Like it, it, it's totally different, yeah. but they, they made the math I work. It, it's, I don't know. It, it's like they yeah. made the math work for it to come out so well. Uh, yeah. And it is, it's a kind of a grand idea to combine a, a zombie horror movie with a musical and have a concept because like we've seen like especially i bring up you again because we did you we you and i were on another movie that tried to do something very outside the box and go a very different route 
where we saw the puppet horror movie. Let's take the puppets uh, and make a horror movie. And that what did not work. That that fell apart. That went the other way. So no. it's nice to see, you know, taking these weird genres and making them work and see how something when it's done right, how these things can come out to be such good, you know, entertainment, I guess. This is a good movie. Agreed. And I just love that every time you think of something weird and outside of the box, you invite me on to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like weird stuff makes you think about me and I appreciate that so much. Well, it's so good to see you again too. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been so long. Um, so I guess that's it guys. We're going to, uh, for the listeners, Moon Goons, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much. I know it's a long episode, but we, it was, we had to get through it all. Um, it was worth getting through. I was super excited about this episode. I think it, it might not be the funniest episode you've listened to, but I think it's been, uh, I think it was really good. I enjoyed this one a lot. I uh, hope you listeners did too. Um, please go, if you haven't already, go check out the movie for yourself. It's, it's definitely worth the watch. Um, I have, I will, we have a lot of stuff planned. Like, so this is our Christmas, uh, Christmas month. We have lots of stuff planned this month. Uh, a lot of couple of celebrity guests coming on couple. Uh, uh, we have a watch long episode coming up. Uh, that's going to be special. So a lot of things, this, there'd be a lot of fun to look forward to. Um, so keep looking out for that. And if you haven't already, you know, check out our Patreon page. You could really use the help. I know things are tight right now with the holidays, but if you want to help give a little bit, help support the show, that'd be awesome if you did. Um, so, and other than that, uh, unless you guys have anything else to say, I'm ready to wrap it up. Aaron, Sarah, you got anything, last words nope. you want to get in there? I'm not going to sing. I'm okay. going to keep it to myself. All right. Aaron, you got <laughs> anything you want to say? No, I can hear my kid crying downstairs. I got a split, bro. All right. So, in that case, you know what happens, guys. Watch more horror movies. And remember to always keep it tight. <laughs>